0: And welcome into Hoopsville, everybody, on this uh, Thursday evening, February 5th. I am your host, Dave McHugh. Got a lot to cover in Division Three news, and we certainly are glad you joined us. Uh, if you want to interact with us, don't forget, hoopsville at d3hoops.com is your email address. You can join us on Twitter at d3hoopsville, hashtag hoopsville. You can also join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Lots to talk about, certainly in Division Three basketball, Wednesday night, yet another night that you just don't want to really play basketball if you are a favorite. It's just that simple. Um, it was another crazy Wednesday night. Um, and so that's certainly one thing to look at. Um, but there's also other things to look at. For example, how about those Caltech men, huh? Um, it's just one of those crazy things in Division Three right now. Um, and, yeah, you know, they get the win over Redlands, too much to my brother's uh, chagrin, as it were. Um, that was back on Tuesday. But on Wednesday, I mean, Augustana loses yet again. This time, North Central beats them. Uh, Johns Hopkins has now beaten Franklin and Marshall to split the, the year for them. Franklin and Marshall taking their third loss of the season. Um... Calvin actually swept Hope, which is pretty good, considering Calvin uh, lost to Alma, as we talked about on the last show. Um, Randolph making one again, but it's just been crazy on the women's side. So far, status quo. Nothing really jumping out off the table there. Um, Landmark uh, playoff berth clinched by Scranton, to no surprise, though a little bit of a struggle to do it. Uh, Stevenson women basketball have won their uh, 15th straight. To get themselves a conference berth as well, they've got a three-game lead now, with what four some odd games left to play. They pretty much wrapped up, almost wrapped up the number one seed in the MAC Commonwealth and plenty of other things. So this show tonight's going to be what we basically call a little bit under the radar, as it were. We're going to talk about uh, teams that maybe are just flying a little under the radar, or maybe not quite understood by everybody. Uh, that's what our conversation is going to be about. Our guests tonight include the now re-ranked number twenty-three Catholic University Cardinals men's basketball team. Uh, you'll re- remember Catholic was ranked at one point in the season, and then fell out, uh, or at least maybe I was ranking them and they weren't actually ranked and fell out. Uh, they are in the rankings at number twenty-three. Um, so we will talk to their head coach Steve Howes, coming up. We'll also talk um, to the other ranked team in our in our grouping tonight, number twenty three. Beth, uh, not Bethel, John Carroll women's basketball. Again, maybe flying a little bit under the radar in a very tight knit or, or very very difficult Great Lakes region, which has got the headlines from Hope and Calvin and Saint and Thomas More, of course, and DePaul. But uh, there's a three way tie on top of the OAC, and number twenty three, John Carroll, is part of that three way tie. We'll talk to their head coach, Coach Marone, coming up on the show. Speaking of Bethel, as I misspoke a moment ago, Bethel is on the show. We'll talk about the Royals women's basketball team. They're flying a little bit under the radar. Apparently the team taking exception a bit to the fact that they were selected in the preseason number four to finish fourth in the conference. And uh, we'll explain to you why basically their head coach told them a few weeks ago that the regular season was probably dead what does that mean it's not as cut and dry as I make it sound to be his explanation for that is certainly intriguing we'll also by the way uh, get a Great Lakes report before we talk to John Carroll, we'll get a Great Lakes report from our good friend Lenny Reich explains why uh, the Great Lakes is what it is and what how he sees regional rankings maybe shaking out coming up next week when we see our first regional rankings of the season uh also we'll talk to lancaster bible men's basketball coach coach tag talk to him about a how the heck he got from arizona to lancaster pennsylvania b how well his team is playing the last two seasons since he came on board and what the secret has been to their year and what their expectations are remember that's a team that plays in the naac if you don't know about the naac the You should because Morrisville State made a run to the Elite Eight coming out of that conference in the last two years. Elite Eight last year and the year before that, certainly um, others. uh, I think Sweet 16 form. So we'll talk to him about their Chargers squad and playing technically in the East region. They are East region interview. And then it's our City of Salem School of the Week, Anna Maria. And Apparently, it doesn't matter how big a school you are or how often you make headlines, you know about hoopsill. You'll find out from Coach Conrad coming up on the show. And at the end of the show, we thought it would be a little tighter of a show so we wouldn't go long. We will go into overtime, I can tell you that much. But at the end of the show, we'll ask Dave. You can ask me questions about your team, about your conference, about the landscape. I'll give you my opinion. It's not necessarily something you can go on for fact, but I'll give you my opinion. Also playing a little game tonight. There are three things that you are seeing on the show right now that will be altered during the show. Three things. The first three people to get me those three things, and whether you say all three of them to me is fine or you give me one of them, it's fine. Whoever tells me the first three... We'll get a t-shirt from us, a Hoopsville t-shirt. The trick is, folks, you aren't going to know right now what has been altered. You have to be careful and watch the show to see what those three altered items are. But there are three specific items that will change on this show. In our background, in your foreground, however you want to call it, they will change during the show. And your challenge is to try and figure out what those three items are. That's all coming up here on the show. And I don't mean from the last show till now. I mean in this show, by the way. You can tweet those answers to us at D3 Hoopsville using the hashtag Hoopsville. You can email those answers, hoopsville at D3hoops.com. You can Facebook them too if you want to. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville is where you can find us. Certainly. So there's your little game of the night as it were. Back to the landscape, top 25, for example, on the men's side, nothing really changed. Did Marietta pick up some votes? i got to double-check. I want to double-check before I just say that out loud. Yeah, Marietta picked up two first-place votes from St. Thomas. So, interestingly enough, two St. Thomas voters... Who had him number one last week? Moved him to Marietta. So Whitewater still on top with 16 first place votes. St. Thomas is in second with five first place votes. What's interesting I find is the difference between Whitewater and St. Thomas is a difference of 18 points. That doesn't account for the difference in first place votes. The difference in first place votes is 11. So some people don't have Whitewater that high, or still have them behind St. Thomas. Of course, I am one of those. should point that out. Marietta is in third with four first-place votes. Then it's Dickinson, who moved up one. Randolph-Macon moved up three. Augustana dropped two. They are going to drop again after their loss to North Central. They have now, what, lost three of the last four, three of the last five, I think. Augustana is picking a poor time to lose control of their season. They've lost three of their last five. First loss was to Illinois Wesleyan, not the first of the season, but the first loss of that group was to Illinois Wesleyan. They then beat Milliken, beat Elmers, lost to North Park and North Central. Two of those at home. Two of those losses. They still have Carthage at home, at Illinois Wesleyan, versus Milliken at home and at Wheaton to finish out. I'll just stand a little bit on the ropes, I would think. Albertus Magnus moved up to seventh, moving up two spots. Virginia Wesleyan moved up into the 8th spot from 11th. St. Norbert up 5 spots to number 9. WPI fell 4 spots, maybe a little bit harsh for their loss to Springfield, but still lost 4-10. to Babson uh, up 6. Babson maybe their highest position of the season so far. I'm actually a little surprised that WashU hasn't fallen further, only because their 3 losses have all been in conference. Two of them, they did not look very good. And honestly, their last loss... They didn't look very good either. They just kind of rallied a little bit. But they're still holding on to 12th right now. Johns Hopkins up to 13th. Emory and Johns Hopkins still winning, by the way. Emory down a couple spots to 14th with their loss to NYU, which is interesting considering NYU dropped out of the top 25. Stevens Point up four spots. Franklin and Marshall up four, though they will fall a little bit here, though certainly not too far, I would assume. Richard Stockton down four. They may move up. Who knows? We'll see. They beat William Patterson. Whitworth is lurking at 18. So is Elmerst and Worcester fell 10 spots to 20. And they barely survived on Wednesday, blowing a 20-point lead, nearly blowing a 20-point lead. St. Olaf is in down or up three spots. Chapman down seven with their two losses. Catholic enters at 23. St. John Fisher enters at 24. And William Patterson holds. At 25 on the women's side, first place vote dropped off of FDU floor and jumped over to George Fox, who moved up from fifth to fourth. Otherwise, there's really not much to talk about there. Nobody fell out of the top 25, I think, for like the third straight week. Some movement in there, but nobody dropped out. By the way, the difference between being in the men's top 25 and being out William Patterson, 47 total points which basically averages that, that every voter didn't have them all at 24, but darn close. Ohio Wesleyan's at 45, so two points out of the top 25. Again, if you have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville, at D3Hoops.com. Facebook us at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. That's how you can get a hold of us. We certainly will look forward to hearing from you. Uh, we mentioned uh, – Caltech beating Redlands on Tuesday. Caltech ending a 55-game Skyak losing streak. You'll remember the last time they won a Skyak game was when they ended something like a 230-game overall losing streak. They beat Redlands. I watched the end of that game. Redlands got a beautiful look at the top of the key to tie the game with about 8.5 seconds left. Caltech called timeout, then came down the court and got a running layup, I would call it. Now, obviously, a layup is running, but more of an off-balance, kind of driving-to-the-side layup opportunity that just trickled in. 0.3 was was on the clock. The refs added four-tenths, so it's 0.7. Another timeout. Redlands got an incredible look at a three-pointer from about normal range on the wing. The inbounds pass was that clean, and the shot hit the rim. Would have won it if it had fallen, but it did not. So Redlands now in the statistical history book, having been the second Skyak win for Caltech in the last, what, five, six, seven years? My brother is a Redlands grad. If you maybe remember our interview with Caltech, Claremont Mud Scripps women's basketball coach. He was none too thrilled. though Caltech fans certainly happy about their big win. Mitch Oliver the not Mitch Oliver I sorry that's the Alberta's Magnus coach, but coach Mitch out there certainly doing good things with his uh, group and we wish them all the luck as they continue to move forward. You can just hope that they do continue to do better because they deserve it and it's not like smart guys can't win MIT WPI we can start going through a lot of the engineering schools like Caltech that certainly succeed in sports Caltech just hasn't figured it out yet and maybe they're on the verge knock on wood but certainly impressive win on Tuesday night for Caltech Regional rankings come out less than a week. We'll be talking about those on February 11th when they're released from the NCAA men's and women's basketball committees. will have made those decisions. We talked to the committee chairs two weeks ago here on Hoopsville. I'm sorry, a week ago here on Hoopsville on the marathon. If you missed it, you can go to that website. The 29th on the uh, the show from the tw- on the 31st, 30th. What day was it? What day did I do the show? 29th. Go that day. We have links to those two interviews. Gives you good insight ahead of those regional rankings coming up uh, here next week. I I think what is going to be key is just what trend we might see. It's hard to see a trend in the first regional ranking, let's be honest. But we're going to get an idea of West OS versus win-loss and how those two are relating to each other. Not which one's necessarily weighing out, but how are they relating to each other. We'll also get a much better sense of things uh, with other criteria. Now, remember, please, and we'll repeat this on Sunday, results versus regionally ranked opponents does not apply to the first regional rankings. (coughs) It's pretty much impossible. So keep that in mind. Um, Because basically you have to rank the teams first before you have results versus ranked teams. So they will rank the teams next week. They won't then go and re-rank after that. The results versus regionally ranked opponents will take place the following week. That will be the criteria that will officially turn on, as it were, at that point in time. Hey, we'll keep track of scores going around Division Three tonight. I don't think there's a ton going on, but we'll keep an eye on things nonetheless. I know our good friend uh, Ryan Scott's alma mater is playing tonight. Eastern Nazarene taking on Endicott College. And believe it or not, it's over. Eastern Nazarene falls to Endicott, 73-70. It's too bad because I thought uh, Eastern Nazarene was going to pull that one off. Another team to keep an eye on is the Sage men's basketball team. We'll keep an eye on them. Maybe even have them on a show sometime soon. Farmingdale State and Mount St. Mary taking place. That's all currently taking place. There's also some other games. and Really not a lot on the men's schedule, to be honest. We'll keep track of some games out in the south maybe. Especially in women's basketball, there's a couple games of note in there. But nothing else really jumping out at us right now. Going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to men's basketball coach Steve Howes at Catholic University. And, uh, yeah, so on and so forth. If you have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com, Facebook us at facebook.com slash hoopsville. By the way, great stories on the d3hoops.com website including uh, giving up your basketball dream to go pro and anything else but sport. How a basketball player has decided, despite the fact he's got another year of eligibility and certainly could come back to college if he wanted to, he is going to take and make this his last year and move on in his professional world. How he's trying to make the most of that. It's a terrific story. Well worth listening to, and we suggest you give it a try on the front page. But, of course, after Hoopsville is done. Don't forget, we're having a little game tonight. Watch the show carefully throughout. You will find three significant changes uh, in the foreground or the background, wherever, but three significant changes. The first three to email or tweet us, the correct answers will get a uh, a T-shirt from us. You can guess one of the items that you spot. You can guess three of the items. Actually, maybe we should make that more complicated. Maybe you have to guess all three. You know what? Let's make it all three. You have to guess all three items that are different, and we will give you a T-shirt. Hoopsville at d3hoops.com is your email address, at d3hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville is your Twitter account. When we come back, Catholic men's basketball coach Steve Howes joins us, talks about his... Cardinal Squad, you're listening to Hoopsil, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsil right after this.
1: We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships, and we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're at d3hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
2: I know sports is important, but having the academic part along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself, you know, a, a newfound ability to
1: overcome adversity at all different angles. At a Division III school, school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. The end result, in my mind, is you just become a very well-rounded person.
3: Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you.
4: With d D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you are and other
3: opportunities that you can pursue. By balancing all of my interests basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it.
2: College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum. It's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this show on Thursday, February 5th, as we're talking primarily East Mid Atlantic. Um, Great Lakes and West Regions, though we certainly dabble with a little bit else as we do have the City of Salem School of the Week coming up, out of which is not involving one of those regional teams. If you have any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or Facebook us at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We go pretty far into a season nowadays without repeating guests, and technically we may or may not be repeating this guest, depending on how you look at it. If it is a repeat, it's our first repeat of the season. And I might have some ulterior motives behind it, but we'll see. But joining us out of the Mid-Atlantic region, a team that is quietly on another win streak, kind of like Johns Hopkins, haven't lost in quite a while. In fact, I'm wearing the polo of the team they lost to last. So joining us on the Hoopsaw Hotline, the team who hasn't lost. i Sorry, no, they've lost since that team, I correct. Since December 15th, though, is Steve Howe's from the number twenty-three ranked Catholic University Cardinals, Coach, welcome to sh- welcome to the show, sir.
5: Dave, thanks a lot for having me. Uh, this is uh, quite a thrill, as always, to speak with you. And uh, I, I, I like the ode to the religious institutions tonight, Catholic Lancaster Bible. Uh, that was uh, I started looking on there. I said, hey, it's this is pretty good for a former religion teacher.
0: Anna Maria is Absolutely. on the show later
5: too. Uh, John Beth- Carroll.
0: John Carroll's on the show. Bethel might be the only one technically the odd man out of that group. <laughs> I will tell you right now, maybe under the radar is more appropriate than I thought, but it wasn't. It wasn't planned. I did not. I did not go to church and have a, an epiphany on who I should have on the show. Um, hey, listen. Um, technically, you could be considered a repeat guest because we had you at the Hoopsville Coaches Corner, obviously at the Hoopsville Classic, though not part of the show. So that's why we're considering you technically a repeat guest on this this season's show. But I do have an ulterior motive to have you on the show. I have no opportunities before wednesday's game at at goucher to get you on, so I'm trying to pull out the rare the rare time I am actually trying to have the hoopsville jinx work
5: <laughs> well dave the the <laughs> under the radar once you're on hoopsville you're no longer under the radar uh and when you're in the top twenty five you're no longer under the radar uh so uh that that certainly is is not the case anymore uh we were we were quietly humming along, and uh, and now I think we'll uh, uh, we'll get everybody's best shot. That's for darn sure.
0: Well, you guys have certainly. I mean, the, the the conference was supposed to go through Scranton, and that was the way it was lined up. That's the way the the preseason poll certainly indicated. Scranton certainly got off to the hot start. You guys had a good start to the season, but stumbled a few times. Um, You then have beaten Scranton. You're on a roll. Scranton is the one who has looked to struggle at times in the last month, month and a half. Um, It's amazing how the season changes, and that's certainly something we're used to. But what's been the secret with you guys? Let's be honest. I saw you back uh, at the beginning of the season. Um, You struggled against Gwyneth Mercy, granted a good Gwyneth Mercy team. Saw you struggle against Purchase, a team that had certainly had its lumps the sales got you at their place and then st vincent got the got you guys at their place what's been the turn what what's got you seemingly playing better basketball
5: i don't feel like there was one turn i i think from october fifteenth on this group really impressed me in a couple different areas their competitive drive was really good their willingness to put the time in to be good was very good. And then their willingness to sacrifice and play for each other was also very, very good. And my hope when I saw you at Hoopsville was that we would just have some success so these guys would understand this is how you play and not get discouraged. We only have one senior. Uh, we were an inexperienced group to start, uh, but I thought those three qualities, if you put those in any team, uh, you have an opportunity to be successful and I actually thought we played w- very well against Gwen and mercy and at that mm-hmm. at that point, I did believe, hey, this group could do some things this year that maybe others didn 't think we could do uh, you 're absolutely right; we struggled against purchase there 's no doubt. Uh, but the Hoopsville experience is, is impressive and it's incredible, and if you can handle that environment, uh, the stage that you're on there, uh, no matter who you're playing against, uh, I think you have an opportunity to have a really good year. And I felt when we walked out of that gym, even though I was disc- played against Purchase in the second half, I really saw something in this team. And, uh, and you're right, at the sales we played a very poor second half. And uh, and the same thing at St. Vincent. We had a, a good lead at the halftime there. Uh, but those were two games that helped this inexperienced group uh, grow and mature.
0: You've had some interesting, uh, I mean, the schedule's certainly been a, a who's who, let's say. You guys have been all over the place a little bit. Um, started the season, obviously, with your game against Davidson, which, um, you know, good learning curve but doesn't affect anybody, um, even though it... it it chalks up as a loss when we say you're 18 and 3. You're really 18 and 2 mm-hmm. in Division 3. You played Frostburg, went and Mercy, Purchase, played Washington lead, Lee DeSales. Susquehanna, obviously, is in conference along with Moravian. Then St. Vincent, York, and Guilford before getting back into conference play. You're known for taking on some, some big hitters, um, but I would almost argue this year it's not that you didn't take on some big hitters. DeSales is certainly a good team, and they're playing very good right now. Um, You know, Gwen and Mercy, I think, is maybe playing below what expectations were for this season. And certainly Purchase was beat up. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that, but I'm saying you also seem to get in there some games that could build some confidence with this team. Um, a team that really has changed a lot since we saw you guys in the NCAA tournament and maybe in unexpected
5: ways. Uh, no doubt. I I thought going in, our schedule was... Was good. Uh, you you sign up for Hoopsville, you know you're going to get two good games. Uh, obviously, Purchase had some things happen uh, where they're not the team that we expected to see, uh, certainly, and probably that you didn't expect mm-hmm. to see. Uh, but time you play teams out of the O.D.A.C., Washington Lee and Guilford, and uh, Guilford's obviously had a heck of a season so far, and uh, we knew what we were getting with uh, DeSales and, and Saint Vincent. Uh, so we felt we would be tested. Uh, early, obviously going to Frostburg, we were, uh, we played very well, and and then you look back and and they got Randolph-Macon early on, so you feel good about that one. Uh, our group has just grown because they're willing to put the effort in and practice. They're extremely coachable, uh, very humble, and, uh, and while we've had some, some learning curves, uh... I still think we can get better here in February because this group will allow itself to be coached and will allow itself to be pushed.
0: Talk about this conference briefly before we talk the makeup of this team. You guys are sitting a game and a half up on Scranton. You're 12-0 and in a conference that is bigger this year because of Elizabethtown entering the conference. Scranton is 10-1. and You're walking away from everybody else. Susquehanna is three games behind Scranton, three and a half behind you. Um, really, I'm sorry, really four and a half behind you. Then Elizabeth Towns at 6-6, six and six, Juniata, Drew, Merchant Marine, Moravian, Goucher. Um, again, everybody thought Cat Scranton would finish on top. It's still, a, it's still a race. It's not over. But how important would it be, especially over the years, to have this tournament come through your place, come through the DeFore Center, or is better known back in the day as the Sports and Recreation Center South? Um, how important is it to come through there, then go up to Scranton or anywhere else?
5: Absolutely. Anytime you can get home playoff games, uh, that's, that's a benefit. And uh, if you're sleeping in your own bed and, and you're doing your normal routine, uh, that's, that's certainly uh, the way you want it. So uh, we've just looked at every game this year as a playoff game. Uh, I think we'll go and we'll play our 21st uh, this coming Saturday. And if you go on with that mindset every single game, uh, given how how, uh, how few games we play compared to division one and and how difficult it is to get in the tournament with uh as many teams as there are in division three if you go in with a playoff mindset you give yourself a a good window uh to have success and and this group has has bought into that early and um and we we've reaped the benefits so far but but february uh is is always a challenge in conference you're going to get everybody's best shot uh we got teams fighting for for playoff position and um and we know we've got to play uh, much better basketball certainly than we did than we did last night.
0: Yeah, you had a struggle against Elizabethtown last night. Though Elizabethtown is sneaky good, yep. um, coach always puts a, a, a tough squad there. Um, but no doubt a f-
5: about it, he, he does. He does an outstanding job, and uh, and the, those guys play hard, and and they gave us everything uh, that we could handle. But uh, you know, it, it's it's a roller coaster. It's an emotional roller coaster, and and you look to Division One, and you you look at. You look at Duke, and hey, they struggled at home last night against Georgia Tech, and and Georgia Tech hasn't had a very good year. Uh, you look at Duke going up to St. John's, and they had to, to fight and scrap for for that win. Um, so to get up for those games, uh, it takes a lot, and we're dealing with young men between the ages of 18 and 22. So um, you've got to be able to win on the nights when you're when you can't reach that emotional peak, um, and uh, and we we certainly were able to to get by and survive last
0: night. And you've also had some interesting games. Merchant Marine has given you guys fits this season. Um, you beat them by one at home, then you beat them by uh, one at their place. Um, you know, Elizabethtown's played you tight uh, every single time, but you've also had some crazy the opposite direction games. You ble- beat Moravian by 20 early in the season, then you beat them by 40 uh, just a couple – or last Saturday. Um, Susquehanna you beat easily just the other night. What's been? Is it just been a matchup thing? Is it just been one of those circumstantial type things where just certain teams match up against you in certain ways that are that make it a challenge?
5: Well, like I said, I, I think it's it, the season is an emotional roller coaster. You're not going to play uh, at your top uh, every single night. Uh, sometimes it is matchups. Sometimes it's it's the week you're in, and uh, I, I think for us, this week was was handling success. Uh, we we have an inexperienced group. We we get ranked. Uh, we've played well. Uh, we played very well Saturday at Moravian, uh, you know. And so last night, hey, we didn't have uh, we didn't have our A game, but we still found a way to win. And and in playoff tournament play, you need to be able to do that on, on those nights. And uh, and we were fortunate to do that. And Bryson Fonville came came away with some huge plays, and and Jay Howard did as well.
0: What might be scary about this team is you don't have any seniors on it for the most part. You've got one senior in Shakir Evans, Mm -hmm. but everybody else is juniors and below. And I think a lot of people saw that writing on the wall, though you lost some players that maybe would have been a little bit more senior-laden this year. Mm -hmm. You're being led by guys, as you mentioned, uh, in in Fonville, um, who's putting up 16.5 points a game. You've got Jay Howard, who's a freshman, putting up 16.5 points a game. Kyle Fenord, who I call the uh, the offensive twin, scoring <laughs> nearly 10 points a game. Well, Kevin Fenord is the defensive twin, in my opinion. Um, you're getting six points out of Austin calling. So you've got a couple guys there that certainly are the key and the catalyst to this team. But what might be scary is what you can do potentially for the future. So certainly there isn't anything to lose this season. Um, you want to position yourself for the best. So I would almost want to go back and say, who on, is there anybody on this team that is surprising you maybe, or is surprising everybody else that maybe he's not jumping out of the stat sheet?
5: Well, I think the surprise has been how quickly we have gelled given the inexperience uh, that we have. And uh, But I, I give so much credit to the twins. Uh, Kevin and Kyle are two of the best captains that I've, I've had here as a head coach or an assistant. Uh, they're amazing young men uh, in terms of what they do off the court on campus. They are outstanding students. And uh, on the court, they're, they're just competitive and, and, and driven and have helped uh, relay the, the family culture that we have here in the program uh, dating back to the time when Coach Lonego was here and, and through my time. And it's a real credit to them uh, that, that we have come along as quickly as we have and and certainly yes people can point to the future but but nothing's guaranteed so uh you know right now it's a gift Uh, we're playing well we need to continue to play well we know it's going to be an intense battle down the stretch here uh and and we just want to have that playoff mentality uh in practice tomorrow and and then and then saturday
0: when you guys were last ranked it was the end of the basketball season when you guys finished the second round against williams in that crazy NCAA tournament that that ended in Atlanta with a championship to Amherst. That was the last time you guys got ranked. Certainly had some really good talent on that team, um, but you had the Fenord twins were were freshmen, et cetera, et cetera. So, how much can you use that experience from two thousand and thirteen to 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 work with this team? Can is that one of those you can turn to the Fenord twins or other guys and go, hey, remember this? Or when you do get down to the end of the season or maybe in the NCAA tournament. Can you go to that well, as it were, or do you really have to just draw on all new experiences at this point?
5: No, without a doubt we use it. Uh, Bryson started every game at the point uh, that year on a phenomenal team, and and Kyle was a major contributor, and so was Kevin. So, of course, we go back and say, you know, you remember this. Remember how we handled this situation. Relay to the guys the importance of – this and that. And, and they do that without even me having to tell them at times. Uh, so that experience is is critical uh, for us. And uh, it's, it's certainly a feeling that they've imparted to the other guys on the team of, of what that's like and, and what March basketball is like and, and how we'd like to, to experience that again. Uh, this is a really driven group. It's it's a fun group to be around. It's very tight. And, and certainly we'd like to get that that march feeling again.
0: Um the rest of the season, four games left in the regular season before you'll head into conference playoffs. You're already clinched the playoff spot of the t- of the four that will make it. Um you take on Drew coming up here on Saturday at home. Um which will be senior day and I emphasize the singular- singularity there. Um and of course Drew's fighting to get into the conference tournament. You'll then hit the road for the final three. You'll play Goucher, who is at the bottom of the conference, Juniata in the middle, and then Scranton with a chance to lock up that number one if you haven't done so already. So you've got a a kind of a concophony of different games here in a tough stretch where you've got to be on the road, though granted one of them is only about an hour away. So how do you get this team kind of focused on the task at hand and the challenges you're going to face before you even get to the conference championship?
5: It's a focus group now, uh, without a doubt, especially after last night. They know that we need to play at a much better level than we did. Uh, we'll get back after tomorrow. We'll watch video uh, of what we didn't do well last night. We'll watch video of what we did well against Drew the first time and um, and really just focus our energy on, uh, on getting, uh, getting Shakir uh, to have a very successful senior night. And he's been a, a wonderful leader. He's battled through a lot of injuries uh, throughout his career, and uh, it's fun to see him contribute and it's fun to see the leadership he's provided as well and in the intensity uh, that he's brought to the group uh, in practice, in in the games. You know, he's been he's been in the rotation for us. So uh, our focus is honoring him on Saturday, and uh, and trying to extend his career as long as we can.
0: Um, any chance you guys can just uh pretend you didn't see goucher and, and just and just give me one
5: <laughs> we we hope to see you there dave and yeah, we have...
0: you will see me there so... um i i wish you guys would just be friendly you know and and let me see a win uh since i missed out on the game last year i'm just saying it's the small things in life coach um no well, big maybe, deal maybe we can get you in a catholic u shirt oh i've wore one recent i think i wore one recently did i not I think you forced me to wear one recently. Um, hey, the other thing quickly before we let you go: Mid-Atlantic region, um, obviously a little bit different with uh, Cabrini's of the world um, out and the Freedom out, um, but still pretty complicated. You guys, you know, you got Scranton in there. You've got the Mac Commonwealth. Certainly have what is a maybe a more surprising top-heavy Centennial Conference. Certainly not expecting you to be able to break down exactly how the regional rankings are going to come out on on next week but how do you see maybe you guys sliding in
5: well dave uh i don't want to have to go to confession uh, tomorrow so i'm going to be completely <laughs> honest i i have not looked at any of that uh, nor do i want to look at any of that sure. uh some coaches may uh it's just i'm not good at math so <laughs> you start getting sos numbers and, and all this stuff going on uh it starts to blow my mind a little bit so I'll just uh I'll just focus on, on what I can do and uh, I was always good at watching T V so um I'm in the right profession so I can watch I can watch a lot of film and uh and we will on Drew. Uh, so uh I'll I'll do that and uh and I'll let everybody else crunch the numbers and hopefully I would think our body of work is go- is gonna is gonna be good enough uh, to be in there, uh hopefully pretty high, uh, given the teams that that we've beaten and uh, and even the teams that we haven't had success against, uh, they're having great years. Uh, so uh, hopefully the numbers will work out in our favor.
0: Well, hopefully, Coach. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. Good luck the rest of the season. Uh, barring any changes, I'll see you on Wednesday. We'll uh, at least share a good laugh. Uh, and uh, otherwise, as you know, I always give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be watching?
5: Dave, again, just... Uh, Really appreciate being on. Uh, you do a tremendous uh, job for Division Three, and uh, I just want to thank all the men and women out there who are serving in our military, uh, who who give us the freedom, and certainly give me the freedom to to do what I do, and and to show up uh, in an office in sweats every day, and and coach a game. I'm, I'm very fortunate to do what I do, and and thankful. Thankfully, we have men and women out there in the service who uh, who give us the freedom, and we've got a number of Catholic U alums uh, who are doing that. So. Uh, I wish them the best always, and uh, appreciate uh, my parents for supporting me along the way, and, and certainly for Bishop O'Connell for giving me the opportunity here at Catholic. I'm, I'm truly blessed, and uh, I got a great staff, and uh, and a great women's coach across the hall. Uh, so uh, we have a lot of fun doing what we do. So um, hopefully we'll see you on Wednesday.
0: Well, well said, Coach. Appreciate you taking the time, and uh, we'll t- uh, good luck the rest of the way, and we'll look forward to seeing how the Cardinals finish off the season.
5: All right, thanks a
0: lot. Take care, Steve. Howes joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline? Appreciate him taking the time to join us here on the show again. Team is eighteen and three overall, twelve and zero in the Landmark Conference. They got to take on Drew at home coming up on Saturday. Then the final three on the road: Goucher next Wednesday, Juniata the following, uh, looks like Sunday, according to this. Uh, no, that's they've got the Saturday off, so they'll play them the following Tuesday, um, or something along those lines. I might have that wrong. Uh, and then Scranton. Oh, I, I see what it is. So it's Drew Saturday, then Goucher next Wednesday. They have the following Saturday off. Then they have on the 18th of Wednesday against Juniata and finish the season against Scranton. Goucher, Juniata, Scranton, all on the road. I forgot to also mention the Hoops fundraising campaign still ongoing. We're halfway to our goal. Our goal is important because it'll it'll uh, take care of some of the um, the fees. We'll lose half of the fees that we get charged for running the the campaign. But more importantly, it tells us how much you care about uh, what we do, um, and we can go right past that goal if we want. So please, if you notice on our Twitter page and elsewhere, we will start pushing that campaign just a little bit harder here in the next few weeks. Feel free, if you feel like helping us, as we said last uh, last week on this show, help us cover Division Three the way it deserves to be covered. Uh, We would certainly appreciate it. Going to take a break. When we come back, we'll jump into the Great Lakes region, talk to our regional reporter, Lenny Reich, and also talk to the women's coach at John Carroll, Coach Marone. That's all coming up here on Hoopsville. We also have Bethel's women's coach, Lancaster Bible's men's basketball coach, and Anna Maria's men's basketball coach, all coming up here on Hoopsville. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. Don't forget. At some point in this show, you're going to see three significant differences in the foreground or background. If you can email or tweet all three of those significant differences, we will get you a Hoopsville t-shirt. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com, or tweet us at at d3hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You're listening to Hoopsville. We'll be back with more of that show right after this.
2: Division 3 schools offer academic scholarships instead of athletic scholarships. This really puts the focus that the student athlete needs to maintain that GPA. I
6: did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school.
2: I got the presidential
3: scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division 3. A lot of people pick schools just based on the sport
4: and don't get that experience.
3: Being a Division 3 athlete and developing my leadership skills has definitely put my name out there and helped me get more recognition on campus but more recognition nationwide. I did win the Justin's Trophy which is based on leadership, academics, and then how well you do on the court.
1: I'm also the Schwartz Scholar of my class. Schwartz Scholarship is basically a scholarship that is given to a student who's identified as a likely leader.
2: And the end of the day it won't matter how they play on the field, it will matter how
7: they do in the classroom.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville. I want to thank again Steve Howes from Catholic University for joining us here on the show. We appreciate him taking the time. Talking a little bit under the radar, Catholic, you may say, well, they're not really under the radar. But as I said earlier, they kind of are after the start to the season that they had. Now they are ranked. And so we're kind of having that theme. But at the same time, we're kind of preparing for regional rankings, which will come out for the first time this season next week. And something we started up on Sunday was kind of getting regional reports from around the country in each of the regions, something that we used to do a lot more of, frankly, until we got into more interview-driven show. We're trying to kind of hybrid ourselves back into the combination of the two. So we're going to do another regional report here, this time out of the Great Lakes region. And coming up, we're going to actually talk to a Great Lakes coach right afterwards. So that's how this one sequence should pan out. I say should pan out. We'll see how it actually executes. But joining us now via Skype is one of our longtime regional reporters. I can't even tell you how long ago we've probably been chatting with Lenny. It's probably as long ago as we've been chatting with Rusty Egan out of WPI. And so joining us via Skype is uh, our good friend Lenny Reich from Mount Union, the sports information director there. Really Mr. Man of Everything. Uh, Sir, how are
8: you? I'm doing great, Dave. Now, did you have Rusty on Skype too, or am I? No.
0: Rusty, I mean, couldn't, Rusty couldn't figure out all the technology just well, yet. Well,
8: all I can tell you is there's proof that Rusty and I are faces made for radio. And this <laughs> Skype will only prove that yes. I have a face for radio yeah. and that radio was my uh, original calling. But, yeah, no, yeah, it's great to be back with you, Dave. Yeah, I mean, gosh, I, I can't remember how long we've been talking about Great Lakes basketball, but we've been really fortunate that we've had a lot of really good teams, a lot of great uh, play, and this year, no exception, especially on the men's side.
0: Well, I was going to say, uh, we'll, we'll focus a little more on the men's side of things since we do have a, a women's coach coming up here shortly. But um, I think one of the biggest things is, well, it's always been good basketball in the Great Lakes region. Uh, the mantle being carried by the Hopes, the Calvins, the Worcesters, even the Wittenbergs, though certainly not this year. Uh, the, the mantle, in some senses, is being carried by a few extra teams nowadays. Uh, Marietta, still undefeated. Uh, as we speak, I mean, you're bound to jinx him at some point in time.
1: Uh,
8: well, I'd like to jinx him in about a week or so. Yeah, no. exactly. No, but no, uh, Marriott exactly. had a phenomenal year. And, and like you said, Dave, it doesn't, you know, if you're undefeated, you're undefeated. It really yeah. doesn't matter who you've played. And I would think. Yeah, with the regional rankings coming up next week, I would have to think Marietta. Even though their strength of schedule, you know, down in yeah. the, the 170 range right now, but the fact that they're undefeated, I would be surprised if they weren't the number one ranked team in the region next I week.
0: I think you meant 470. 170 seems really bad.
8: <laughs> well, they're down. They're down there. Oh yeah, 170. 170. Yeah, they're down there, but they're they're ranked number one. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would say I would say that's where they're going to come out. You know, they, uh, yeah, 20-0 and 0 on the year. Yeah. Uh, you know, their closest calls have been really, um, you know, they had a game against Baldwin-Wallace last Saturday that they won by three at home. Yep. You know, Baldwin-Wallace played them very tough. And uh, obviously Mount Union, who was the regular season champ a year ago, has played them tough as well. Those two teams are going to meet um, next week. And so, and uh, Mount Union is uh, alone in second. They're um, two games back of Marietta. And, uh, you know, obviously there's only five games left to go, so Mountain Union would have to win that game. Yeah. Mariano would probably have to lose maybe one, if not two more games um, to keep that out. Uh, a little wrinkle this year in the OAC is that the last couple of years the OAC went to a staggered conference tournament, sort of like uh, right. some of the bigger Division One leagues. And it's funny, in that format, the two years they did it, the one and two teams that got buys to the semifinals, they went one and three in those four games. So this year the OAC on the men's side went back to a one verse eight, two verse seven, you know quarterfinals, yeah. semifinals, finals. So a little different how the how that'll work. At, you know, all these teams are gonna have to play three games in a couple weeks. But yeah, it looks like Marietta. You know, it'll be uh, you know I I wouldn't. I don't think anybody would be surprised if Marietta gets through. You know, be, uh, becomes that number one seed in, in the OAC and, and goes through. It'll be interesting. It's you know one of the tougher places to play not yeah. only in, in the entire region. So. It, you know, to play home games down there would be a huge advantage for Marietta.
0: How much of a surprise has their season been?
8: Uh, I, I mean, as a top 25 voter, I can't exactly
0: say I had Marietta on my radar, um, especially out of that region. How much of a surprise have, uh, have, has their success been? How much of a surprise certainly has their undefeated
8: mark been? Well, they've been coming on the last couple of years. You know, they won the league uh, yep. two years ago. You know, last year they were the second place team uh, to Mount Union in the regular season. And both of Mount Union and uh, Marietta were upset in the conference semifinals. Yeah, uh, Marietta lost to Wilmington, who eventually won the tournament. Uh, Mount Union lost at home to John Carroll in the semifinals. So, I, you know, I think for those of us in the conference, I think uh, Marietta's success is not surprising. They've been coming on strong. And this is a group of players they've had together and they've done a really good job. So I don't think for those of us in and around the league and probably the North Coast that plays Marietta in the non-conference games, I don't think it's really surprising. I think anytime, like you said, a team goes 20-0, and it's like, wow, you know, that they haven't had, you know, they haven't got tripped up yet. They haven't had one bad night. They haven't right. had, it, they've been, they've dodged injuries and done those things. So they're in, they're in a great position. And so I think it's a testament. To the work Coach Vanderwall and his staff have done there, and like I said, they're in, they're in great shape going forward.
0: The OAC has certainly been is very different than it used to be. I mean, this used to be John Carroll, Heidelberg uh, used to carry the mantle. Certainly, you know, Mountain Union has now entered the fray, as we pointed out. Marietta can't look past Capital. There's there's a Baldwin Wallace. Certainly, it has become a, maybe almost a who's who of who you're going to pick to win a conference. It's not necessarily the, the go-to's
8: all the time. Is that the same take on the inside? Yeah. Well, last year, you know, Wilmington won our conference tournament. They were the fifth-place team in our league <laughs> and won in the regular season and won the conference tournament. So I think, I think yeah, I think even just in a couple of weeks when, uh, you know, Marietta would play, you know, maybe even a capital in a 1-8 game, or Mount Union would play Heidelberg in a 2-7 game. Those are matchups that during the regular season were close games. So I don't think anybody will be surprised if, uh, you know, it's very rare in the OAC that the semifinals are 1-2-3-4. Usually there's some, somebody upsets the apple cart a little bit and, and makes it very interesting. And so uh, it's very competitive. And I think it's one of the reasons, not that the OAC hasn't had a lot of great teams, but they really cannibalize themselves and it keeps them from getting at large consideration because a team, you know, obviously this year's unique with Marietta with no losses, Mm. but you know, last year Mount Union won the conference with three losses in the conference and won the conference outright. So it's really, you know, it's really a very competitive conference. The schools are all very closely matched, obviously very close in distance. And so it's really, yeah, I mean, an 18 game league schedule in the OAC really grinds on these teams. How much?
0: Uh, before we go on to the other conferences quickly, um, you know, how much? If you were to put your future glasses on, do you think this this conference can get in that large bid? Not considering an upset of Marietta, so that Marietta would get that at large bid. I'm talking about a Marietta winning a conference title and getting the AQ. How much do you think this conference is positioned to be able to get that at large bid?
8: Well, it's going to probably have to be. I mean, right now you've got. You know, Mount Union is 15 and 5 overall, and John Carroll's 14 and 5. John Carroll only plays 24 regular season games instead of 25. Baldwin Wallace is 14 and 6 right now. You'd almost have to think one of those three teams would have to go on a run and maybe not lose, other than losing to Marietta all the way to the title game. Right. And and then and then end up being maybe that. You know, if you're in Mount Union's case, you know, maybe a 23 and 5 type. Type thing and then even just then you might still be on the outside outside looking in I mean Mount Union You know when I was trying to scramble on come up with like kind of a mock regional ranking I would have Mount Union in that five to seven range maybe and that Mm. might even be not pouring over all the data a lot and so uh, you know it's gonna be interesting to see where where that would go and And the league has some very good non conference wins, but has some losses. Uh, you know, a team like Heidelberg, who's yeah. the seventh place team in the oAC has a has a win against Trine, who's leading the Michigan Conference right now. Uh, Mount Union lost head to head games with Worcester and St. Vincent this year. Um, so I, you know it, it, it's gonna be interesting, but yeah it's it's definitely gonna have to be probably a team that gets on a run and then wouldn't lose until losing to Marietta in the title game if, you know, and unlike you said, a scenario where Marietta loses early yeah. in the tournament, and obviously I would think then Marietta's going to get an ad-line.
0: Yeah, 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 I'd agree with you. Let's jump over to the NCAC, talk about a crazy conference. Worcester's been carrying the mantle for a while, but Ohio Wesleyan's had Worcester's number, and Worcester has stumbled as of late.
8: Yeah, it's the first time um, Ohio Wesleyan has swept the season series from Worcester since back in the mid the late nineteen eighties. I believe wow. eighty seven, eighty eight. We weren't so, alive
0: back then, were we? <laughs> well,
8: um, unfortunately, some <laughs> of us were.
0: Uh, I was too, but let's yeah. let's forget about
5: that.
8: <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's um, yeah. I mean, Ohio Wesleyan. They, you know, Ohio Wesleyan has always been a team that's been right there on the cusp. You know, that's they've always been one of maybe the next teams when you talked about Worcester. And Wittenberg, and then usually Ohio Wesleyan was right there, mm-hmm. you know, while Wabash. Those teams were right on the cusp. And so this year, Ohio Wesleyan's broken through that, um, which I think is a little bit of a surprise because Worcester had, had so much back talent-wise that I think a lot of people thought, you know, this would be just what we were talking about with the OAC, that you'd have a Worcester team that was maybe 20-0 and or 19-1 and and have maybe a team like Ohio Wesleyan just a couple games back. And it's really, Ohio Wesleyan's really, as you said, they've kind of flipped the script in this conference right now and really has themselves in the driver's seat because they're a game ahead of Worcester and they swept the season series. So that's really like being two games out in front with five games to go. So, I mean, it'll be, I was just talking about this this the other night. I was up in Cleveland, and we were talking about the fact that, man, it might be the first time that we can remember that the, you know, like the NCAC Final Four wasn't at Worcester.
0: Oh, that'd be fascinating to consider, yeah. Um, Certainly Steve Moore's squad stumbling at the wrong time in Ohio Wesleyan. And, you know, Mike DeWitt's got a squad, too, that's had its stumbling blocks at some point. At one point, it couldn't win more than two games in a row uh, during the middle stretch. They've obviously solved that problem. But, improving there but you think they're gonna be kinda near the top of the regional
8: rankings as well I would say that right below Marietta is gonna be Ohio Wesleyan and Worcester I mean Worcester has a phenomenal strength of schedule; it's 41 in the uh, in the strength of schedule ratings but obviously Ohio Wesleyan with those two head-to-head wins I think is gonna weigh large on the committee's mind when they make their decisions on where they're gonna put them and so I would imagine Ohio Wesleyan probably could be as high as second Worcester's probably going to be right there at third, Um, you know, and they're really—I mean, Wabash is seven and five in the league, so they're three games or two and a half games behind uh, Worcester. So I would think that uh, you know Worcester and Ohio Wesleyan are really kind of separated themselves from the group right now, and it'll be exciting to watch. I I, I mean, it'll be exciting to see how it goes. Last night there was two wild games, both of them only won by two points, and in Worcester's case, they were up uh, twenty points in the second half and Kenyon almost came back and got them. Uh, Worcester survived and won by two points. I know Ohio Wesleyan had a two-point win against Wittenberg uh, last night. So, so I, I mean, there's still some teams, you know. I mean, obviously, I don't know if you want to get into a conference tournament scenario where, you know, Wittenberg's coming to your place early in the <laughs> tournament, and you never know what could happen mm. on, on those kind of things. So there could be some things happen. But, yeah, it looks like we're setting up for an Ohio Wesleyan and Worcester kind of collision course. Like we said, the difference is, there's a good chance that game will be down in Delaware, Ohio, and not not at Timken Gym
0: in Worcester. That certainly would be different. And then you flip over to the MIAA. Coming into the season, I think a lot of focus was on Calvin, considering how good a season they had last year. There was focus on Hope with a coaching change and maybe a disappointing finish to the year, though they had a good year last year. Yeah, but it's Trine who's stealing the headlines right now. We had him on the show a couple of uh, shows back. And listen, you know, This is what can happen sometimes when you're focused on somebody else. But Calvin even stumbled again recently. MIAA is is just, I mean, the top is not as
8: good as maybe everybody is used to. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I saw Hope play about a a month or so ago, and I thought they were great. I mean, it was hard to believe when you click through now the MIAA standings, if you hadn't paid attention to it since early in the year and you see all of a sudden that Hope has three losses in yeah. the conference. Trine and Calvin each have two losses. So yep. there's a lot of parity in the conference. A lot of uh, a, a lot of close play. You know, it, it's funny. The MIAA is unique in the fact nowadays it's a smaller conference as far mm-hmm. as teams. So they don't start conference play until after the first of the year. Yeah, and I think that's very interesting. Where in the case of like the OAC and the NCAC, where they play, you know, a quarter of their conference games before Christmas. Here's here's a conference that doesn't play at all until after the first of the year. And and that might, you know, I, I I would say that might have a factor where a team like Trine that has a couple more games to kind of come together as a unit, they have that Christmas break to get through and then start their conference play, it puts them in a position maybe, um, you know, to be a little more successful and maybe get a Get a run on some teams. But yeah, I mean, I think Trine, kind of similar, very similar to Ohio Wesleyan. They've been a team that's always been kind of right there, right on the edge, but just kind of outside that Calvin and Hope circle. And now this year they're kind of breaking through. They've played a, Trine's played a really good non conference schedule. So yeah, I I would say, I mean, both their strength of schedules, it's, when I looked it up uh, about an hour or so ago, Calvin and Trine are 193 and 194 respectively in SOS number. And so, Um, That's below some of the teams from the uh, other conferences in the region. So it'll be interesting next week to see how the committee kind of slots them in there. I've kind of got them down in that probably six to nine range, kind of how you would slot those teams in there, just because their strength of schedule numbers down a little bit. And both Calvin and Trine have six losses overall on the season. So it'll be interesting to see how the committee kind of weighs those those programs uh, against everybody else.
0: Uh, by the way, you say 193, 194. Just to correct uh, myself, you're basically talking about um, where just they are ranking-wise. SOS, yeah. 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 The, uh, Not their actual SOS number. I don't want to confuse some other people. Well, no, there.
8: that was – well, I mean, there there's a chart. I mean, that kind of right. chart on D3 hoops where you can kind of see where they put those numbers together and do that math computation. So it'll be – It'll be somewhere in that. there will be some. No, I'm not talking. Yeah, I'm not talking the, the hard fast the actual number. hard fast number. What they yeah. rank, I would guess. What they rank nationwide in those cases. Our
0: our good friend uh, out of that area who has done it uh, has the Great Lakes. Uh, you know Marietta below 500 SOS Ohio Wesleyan's above. So, was, by the way, the other team out there and, and the reason I brought this up, the one the one that's sneaking in there that's going to be entering this conversation is Case Western Reserve. Um, with the season that they're having in the UAA certainly have taken some losses but everybody is losing in the UAA but they've certainly got a good good record to boot i mean that's the wild card would you not say in this in this whole yeah.
8: equation i would say where you slot case and how you slot case in in this region you know it's one of the kind of consequences of their conferences that it's hard for the committee in the idea that they don't play a lot of the same you know, they don't play a lot of the same teams that some of the other teams yeah. play, so it's hard to draw a lot of head-to-head results and say, "Well, okay, you know, they played this team head-to-head, or they have a common opponent." Because they don't, because of the nature of the UAA conference and some of their non-conference scheduling that Case does, they don't necessarily have that same comparison set where you can look at maybe an NcAC school and an OAC school and even a uh, Presidents' Conference school where they all play a lot of the same non-conference competition. So there's some points of comparison to make where Case makes that kind of hard. So, yeah, they would be kind of the wild card in this thing, where you slot them, where you put them, you know, since they didn't play a lot of these teams head-to-head. Um, sure, so that's most of the conference or region. Of course, HCAC
0: now in this region as well, and you've got the AMC um, and certainly some others. It's, it's going to be an interesting regional ranking that comes out next week, but anybody else that is kind of – Maybe in as the show is titling it this week, Under the Radar, anybody else
8: kind of sitting there that's just you've got
0: your eye on that maybe not everybody else does?
8: Well, I look kind of the leaders in the conference. I think a team, you know, Penn State Baron is not, you know, is 18 and 2. Uh, they've been usually the cream of the crop in the AMCC. You know, I think we all remember last year they had that huge win in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, how the committee's going to slot them given the relative lack of strength that their conference has and you know they have uh you know you know their sos rating um where that's going to fall where that's going to put them um you know obviously st vincent and thomas moore will be kind of intriguing how that goes um through the um uh the pack uh stuff you know last year um you know the number one seed in the pack was bethany a year ago they lost in the first round uh, of the pack tournament so how the pack kind of shapes up with those things. I mean, St. Vincent's a team that plays a competitive schedule. They went out and played Worcester this year. Went out and tried to improve their schedule a little bit. I think knowing that there's that strength of schedule hanging out there with the pack. And then yeah, you said this is you know relatively new that the HCAC uh, is in with these teams. And yeah, Mount St. Joe's and Defiance. You know, I would imagine they're going to get rated you know not extremely high because of. Same similar things strength of schedule in the heartland. But I mean, those are the leaders in those leagues. And so it'll be interesting. It's interesting to see, you know, I think we're all kind of wait to see that first ranking that the committee puts out because it kind of sets everything up kind of where you go from there going forward.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And at least give you a sense of maybe where uh, the thinking is. Uh, moving forward as well, yeah. Because I know you've
8: explained this before. You know the committee turns over every year; new people mm-hmm. come in, come in and off the committee, and so it's hard to gauge kind of how the committee evaluates the data because when there's a new set of eyes on it, maybe they look at data points differently than the people yep. before.
0: And how much did the year before, the year before that influence maybe altering how they interpret data. And the like. I mean, we already heard the statement that they don't want teams getting in based on losses. In other words, you have a really good SOS, but didn't win the games. You don't want to necessarily reward you for having lost games, you know, and get and thus get in as an at large. Remember, Randolph got in because of his results versus regionally ranked opponents, um, and other teams have had that. They're trying to avoid that a little bit. Well, it's tough.
8: I, I put on my administrator hat. It's tough when yeah. you're trying to make a schedule a year or so in advance and then understanding. Yeah that you know teams that you play you know that you think might be good this year that turn out not being great or vice versa team you schedule and then they turn out to be you know it turns out bad for your team but yeah it's always it's always kind of a juggling act when you try Mm -hmm. and figure those things out
0: good point Hey, sir, I appreciate you coming on. It's nice to see you on Skype, which guys, gets me the chance to over, uh, see what your view is from your office. Well, this uh, is my office. Oh. This
8: is my office. This is a room uh, we have that overlooks overlooks the gym. It would be really nice if it was. Your
0: your uh, office overlooks the football field, correct? It
8: actually does. My yeah. office my office does. Uh, I look across and see the stadium from my office. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, hey, it's a great setup here.
0: I know it's completely unrelated, but if memory serves, without going to look up the story, how strange was it to see the two finalists from Mount Union were in running for the Whitewater
8: job? well I, I don't know about strange I mean I think obviously uh, if you want somebody that has an appreciation for what the expectations are of that program yeah things you have to deal with there's probably none more suited than people that have been a part of our program so you know they're both uh great guys or great coaches you know I think we you, know, you know I think it's a testament to our program and the and the program and the work that people have done in our program that another school would look You know, for coaches from our program, and we have such a great group of coaches, especially even now at the Division One level, Mount Union coaches that are working everywhere, guys in the NFL and things, and so it's so we're really proud of uh, what we call our fleet of coaches that are (laughs) out there doing things, and then you know we're proud of this basketball program too, and we're hoping that uh, you know our 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 coach Mike Fewline has only been around for a couple years. We we hope he's here long enough where he has a, a long fleet of alums and coaches that go out and do great things as
0: well. I get to see Karis, uh, father and son, you are dead to me.
8: <laughs> well, how about that? Well, <laughs> you know, I, the one story that people didn't pick up on is not only did one of the candidates go to Mount Union, one of the candidates is actually related to the Karis family.
0: It's true. That's so true. That w-
8: it would have been Christmas dinners, awkward, been a little interesting after that. But, but uh, So I
0: saw you beat us in the championship game. You're not invited <laughs> over anymore.
8: <laughs> Either way, yeah, but no, no, it's it's great, and, you know, it's great, you know, I think it's a great program, and, you know, they've done a super job up there, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, there it's 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 something that may never be repeated, no. you know, these two programs kind of running parallel to each other at this time, and, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's incredible, and, obviously, for people like me, it's just a thrill to be a small part of all of the No,
0: oh, well, you're more than a small part, sir. Congratulations on uh, joining
8: me on the show via Skype. Uh, I want to thank you so much. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Well, yeah, the biggest accomplishment is I got all this technology to actually work. But no, yeah. no, I think it's great. I think we're setting up for an exciting end of the season. It's great to see, like you said, it's great to see some newer names or different names in the mix at the top at this time of the year that maybe we haven't seen in the past. And I think it's going to make for for a great finish and keep all of us warm here as we're freezing up here up in the north.
0: So. Yeah, exactly.
8: Well, I thank you for joining me, sir. And uh, I'm sure we'll get you on before the end of the season thanks man appreciate
0: it uh thanks to lenny for his thoughts certainly on the men's side primarily the great lakes region we're now joined on the hoops hill hotline by kelly marone head coach of the number 23 john carroll women's basketball team because coach we wanted to get the women's perspective on things today um first and foremost terrific season 18 and 2 overall 11 and 2 in the conference you got to be thrilled with how this team is playing
9: absolutely um they're playing they're playing hard and finding ways to win, so
0: I'm a happy coach. <laughs> I'm sure you are. Uh, granted, a couple games ago, a, a bit of a stumble a week ago against Heidelberg. Uh, the earlier loss was on the road at Ohio Northern back in December 6th. Um, both games close. You lost you, Your two losses are by an average of three points, six points total. Um, otherwise, you've been rolling through this conference so far this season. Um, ha- has there been any particular key? Has there been any particular item about this team that's been so, so successful this year?
9: Well, I don't know that rolling through the conference is, <laughs> is the term I would use because the OAC, it's a, it's a battle yeah. every night, and, and that's what makes it fun. But, you know, I think we just have really gritty seniors, and, um, you know, they take care of the culture, and, and they just they really bust their butts. Um, defensively, they, they take that side of the ball and have made it their identity, and I think that's what's, that's what's keeping them successful.
0: Yeah, I shouldn't say rolling along. I just mean, obviously, with a with a, a good record. We should also point out, though, you're in a battle for first place, so we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but, you know, you have had close games. You've also had games well in hand. Uh, you guys bounced back from that loss on the road against Heidelberg with two wins at home. Um, Ohio Northern 63-49, and then uh, Otterbein 81-67. So you do, guys. You know, obviously, have the capabilities of putting distance on some teams while at the same time kind of earning the hard-fought victories. Um, Has there is it? It's probably not hard to motivate a team when you're 18 and two, certainly. Um, Mm -hmm. But what is it like to get a team to bounce back from a loss to Heidelberg, or earlier on the season to get them to bounce back against Ohio Northern? Granted, you had about a week between games there to kind of. Stir the fires as it were?
9: Um, I you know, games happen. That's there's you're gonna win some, you're gonna lose some. I don't think that anybody intends on going through a season with the expectations of being perfect. Would that be ideal? Certainly. But it's it's just about teaching moments and you know, the number three has haunted us. We lost to Ohio Ohio Northern before this year by three in the last game.
7: Mm-hmm. Um
9: and then of course the Heidelberg loss by three. But um you know it's 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 just moving on and learning from that practice or that game and knowing that there's another day to fight and doing doing the absolute best you can and being the best version of yourself um, and each day to get better. So you know losses happen, especially on the road, um, definitely in the in the conference. and we just try to stay focused on the things that have kept us being successful.
0: Uh, the t- you know, obviously, the conference has been your biggest test this is the two losses that you have had on the season have come in conference seven and zero. Out of conference, you are in a battle for first place with Baldwin Wallace and Ohio Northern. All three teams, including yourselves, tied at 11 and 2. Baldwin Wallace is 16 and 4 overall. Uh, Ohio Northern's 15 and 5 overall. You guys have a healthy lead by five and a half games on Capital, uh, and then everybody else. And this is a conference that certainly has had those battles for first place. Mountain Union's even been in the conversation there before. Um, what's it going to come down to between the three of you? Uh, granted, you've got a game with Baldwin Wallace still to play. Um, what's it going to come down to with the three of those teams to either get one of them to separate from each other or something to at least lock up number one? Or are we talking tiebreaker scenarios here?
9: Yeah, I think it's the, the team that makes the least amount of mistakes. You know, you always want to be in control of your own destiny and. We don't put any more emphasis on one team over another or one game over another. We haven't done that all year long, but obviously towards the end of conference play we have what five games left. You you just have to take care of business. And it's one game at a time and as few mistakes as you can make, um, not dropping one would, would be really helpful, um <laughs> the better. But you know, it's it's that's what make this, makes this game fun, you know, and, and every team is so competitive. And for the three of us, here we go again. We're in a, a three-way tie. Um, it's just it's focused on us, us alone, and, and what we need to do to keep moving forward.
0: Um, you, you mentioned the five games left. Of course, um, three of those five will be on the road. You'll be on the road against Capitol, then home against Baldwin-Wallace, on the road against Marietta and Mount Union before returning home against Muskegon. Um, so you got a little bit of a road warrior uh, situation here to try and thus lock up home court advantage um, if you can. How important is it to come to the DeCar- make sure this tournament comes through the DeCarlo Varsity Center um, when it when you have that opportunity?
9: Yeah, playing. I mean, three of the last five games being on the road certainly has me watching a lot more film. Um, <laughs> and road games are just. Wins are hard to come by as sure. it is, but on the road, it's, it's just so difficult. Um, you know, certainly we want home court advantage, but I'll tell you what, we're just trying to, to think about how to get cap this weekend. You know, it's, and um, I don't cap, count cap out of it anything because last year they came out of nowhere, yeah. won the conference tournament. You know, Dixie Jefferson is a great coach, 600 plus wins.
1: Yeah.
9: So it's, you know, it's, I, I would love to be able to think about home court advantage, but I just have cap on the brain at the moment.
0: <laughs> I can understand that certainly. Um, let's talk about uh, just a little bit of the success of this program. Uh, it's interesting. You're a Syracuse native, so you're used to snow. Then you went to South Carolina, probably for the a little bit of the more warmer weather where you played. And now, <laughs> of course, you're back into the snow and in the Cleveland area. Uh, and you've made an immediate impact. If, if I'm not miss, you know, obviously second season. Um, seven total losses so far. Twenty-two and five last year. Um, did you expect to have that big an impact with this program uh, this quickly, and and have the this blue streak squad, uh, maybe stealing headlines from the men in a little bit, and at the same time, you know, making some some incredible strides in in such a quick quick amount of time.
9: Well, I don't know if you've ever spoken with Mike Moran, but you don't ever steal the spotlight from him. He's uh, a <laughs> <Yes. laughs> he's a character, but you know. I don't think it's me that's impactful. We had the player of the year in the conference last year, and our senior Missy Spehar, her younger sister Caitlin was freshman of the year. Caitlin's having a great year this year, and I think a lot of it is just timing. I didn't have any expectations coming into this job except for just working, applying what I know, and trying to find a system that best fits our players. And um, I have a great staff, and and the kids are just they they bought it. So I'm happy. I'm certainly happy that this is the effect that we had as opposed to the opposite end of
0: the spectrum. Uh, You're downplaying Caitlin's uh, season this year in in my opinion. She's got nearly 20 points a game, averaging 6 rebounds a game. Uh, 52 steals, 48 assists, certainly uh, in 15 blocks. Uh, Beth Switzler uh, right behind her, 13.2 points a game, 9.4 rebounds a game. Um, Megan Weber, 11 plus points a game, 6 rebounds a game. And then Emily Taylor, 10 points a game, um, of course, she's your assist key. Uh, she's got 63 assists on this season, uh, with 29 steals. So it's interesting, certainly that rebounding and scoring double threat in in the sense of Sparr, Switzer, and Weber. And then you got Taylor, who's providing just that extra little bit of a of, of worry, as it were, from the outside. You've got you definitely have that inside presence down. And we should point out, Spare uh, will go outside and shoot too, and she's a 35%. You know, outside shooter. That's where she's getting a lot of her points, but she's not afraid to get inside either.
9: Yeah, I mean, her versatility makes her a really hard matchup. And you know, as you're saying those stats, that's that's what I mean. My play, the players are playing well. Um, we try to, as a staff, prepare them and, and get them ready in practice and let the games they coach themselves. And they're just playing well. Um, you know, Switzerland is at five nine in the post, basically averaging a double double. What she does on the rebounding end for us is. Um, Unbelievable, and it it really gets us going. And um, you know, that's really a a selfless area of the game that not a lot of people like to do, but she just loves to board. Um, Obviously, Caitlin can can score, Weber can score, M. Taylor can go off, and that's that's what's making us successful. Is their teams are having to pick who to guard, and we've had different players step up in different games. Um, When you see, you know, 19, 13, 10, 10, 10 across the board with points. Um, it's, it's we're a tough
0: matchup defensively. What does jump out at me, though, is besides, you know, we, we talk about Spare and how well she's playing as a sophomore, the other three we talked about were seniors. So certainly this is one of those key situations where you've got the right mix at the right time for this squad. Does that come with the, oh, you know what, we want to take advantage of it, this is the year to take advantage of it between, before we lose three very good, talented players?
9: I think it's always like that you know you're always looking at your seniors to lead, and you never want to lose any of them um but such is like, I think Kate coming into her sophomore year, playing well the addition of uh schmoo uh as a freshman Tierney, they're playing well impactful, impactful minutes inside, and schmoo on the ball um it's definitely timing and Putting the pieces of the puzzle together with recruiting, trying to get the right fit. You know, the, the missing pieces, that, that one part that's going to add to the um, the whole p- big picture of what's going to make us successful. But, you know, we're, def- we're certainly trying to take advantage of of our senior play um, and how they complement Spehar and how she complements them, for sure.
0: You know, you know, again, you guys are undefeated at home this season. And certainly uh, that is something you want to hang your hat on. And that's why we talk about the importance of of winning the conference championship. Of course, last year, uh, making the NCAA tournament, beating Texas Lutheran in the first round before running into a buzzsaw uh, named Thomas Moore and, and Sidney Moss, losing that game, unfortunately, 120-86. to 86. Is there anything that, that from last year's finish that you're still using is either a catalyst, motivation, or, or just a life lesson that you guys are using now? Or is that season now so far in the rearview mirror that it's just what's what's going on now. I just I think
9: that going to the NCAA for the first time um, as a player, you you don't know what to expect, and you yeah. don't know how grand of a stage that is, or or if you're missing anything because you've never been a part of it, you sure. know. And I think our our kids that are returning from that um, last year's team like being on that stage, and they see how good the basketball is, and they want to be a part of it. I don't know that that was necessarily in their um, vision when initially coming at John Carroll because they, they just wanted to play. You know, there wasn't this big picture in mind. And um, they like winning, and they want to keep playing, and they like postseason. They found that out. If, if we're carrying anything with us, that they're carrying that. They want to get back to the tournament.
0: Um, I know that the, you know, you're somewhat new to the region, as it were, but you certainly know it well. You ran into Thomas Moore last year. That certainly gave you an idea. you got Hope and Calvin in this region. Of course, the three teams in this conference are certainly at the top of, of the region, uh, in the conversation at least, uh, in the likes of yourselves, again, Baldwin-Wallace and Ohio Northern. Uh, you've got other teams that are playing well in this region like DePaul. How do you? And granted, I'm kind of putting you guys a little bit on the. I'm putting you a little bit on the spot here. How do you see regional rankings maybe coming out next week? Do you have any sense of where you guys may be positioned and and what that may mean in the in the closing weeks of the season?
9: Um, I know we'd rather be closer to the top than the bottom, yes. but like you said, you got Hope, DePaul, Cal, uh, Calvin, Thomas Moore. It's just it's a heavy packed region of um, you know heavy hitters, so to speak, and the, that's what I'm saying where we want to be in control of our own destiny. We know that there, this this is it comes down to those regional rankings when getting picked for the tournament, so we we have to close out strong and um you know make sure that there there's no quote bad losses or um you know just in comparison and not have to think about another team having to lose for us to be able to go to the tournament. So I, I don't know where we would fall. I would, I would like to think we're somewhere up top, but it's that's a, that's a system I'm still learning.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, it's a system we're all learning, and we've been covering yeah. it for a long time. So uh, welcome yeah. to the crowd. Uh, <laughs> okay. <No. laughs> don't worry. Uh, we, we might have more experience with it. It doesn't mean we aren't still surprised when regional rankings uh, come out. Coach, I uh, appreciate you taking the time to to join us. I, you mentioned you're pouring over videotape and 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 trying to get ready for those games ahead. What do you hope your team is doing? Not necessarily in the prac on the practice court where you can see them, but I mean outside of that, what do you hope that is going through their heads or what they may be doing uh, to prepare for the last five?
9: They just need to stay loose and not put pressure on themselves. Um, you know, the 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 season it's it's long. You have to have physical endurance, but you also have, have to have mental and emotional endurance and just keep themselves in check. You know, you can't get too tight. You can't keep thinking five steps ahead. It's really got to be that day-to-day mentality of how can I win today? And it, and it is in practice, and it is as being a teammate, a good friend. Um, you know, and they're, and they're great about it. I've got great captains, strong internal leadership. It makes my job a lot easier.
0: Well, it's certainly been an impressive season, been an impressive two seasons, really, 11-2 and two in conference and, of course, 18-2 and two overall with five games left. I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be watching?
9: No, Dave, I just want to thank you for, for covering women's basketball and for what you do for D3, and uh, always enjoy talking to you.
0: Well, thank you, Coach. Take care of yourselves and uh, have a good rest of the season. Okay, you too. Coach Marone joining us here on Hoopsville. As we mentioned, 18-2 overall. Got that game against Capitol coming up here on the road this weekend. Baldwin-Wallace still ahead. Big key games at the top of the conference. Marietta-Mount Union-Muskegon to close out the regular season. For the Blue Streaks uh, in University Heights, Ohio, right outside of Cleveland. Speaking of another town that got buried. So that's your Great Lakes region. Thanks also to Lenny Reich for joining us, talking about the men's side of things. Going to take another break. When we come back, we'll keep up the women's basketball theme, as it were. We're going to jump out, though, to Minnesota and talk about the Bethel Royals. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. If you have any questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. More Hoopsville right after this.
1: We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness.
7: never really talk, ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
0: And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you are enjoying the show here on Thursday, February 5th, as we are well into uh, February, obviously. And I say well into. It certainly feels that way at this point in the season. Talking across the country, as it were, and uh, uh, one of those, uh, you are know, trying to talk to teams that maybe we either don't get a chance to talk to or just hiding under the radar, let's say. One of those teams coming out of the MIAC in women's basketball. Oh, I got to do this over again. Coach, I know you have a nickname, but what? how do you actually say your first name so I can do it properly and then, then get to your shortened name? Yeah, a last name, though. <laughs> Herb Brexmeyer. Herb, Herb Brexmeyer. And then your coach Herbie, right? Herb Brexmeyer. Okay, let me do that again, and we'll get that. At least I want to say it right the first time, and then we'll go from there. Three, three, two. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, here on Thursday, uh, G- February 5th. I wanted to say January. It's a little. We've gone past that point. If you have any questions for us, you can always tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. You can also email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You know, a lot of point this time of the season, I- I'd like trying talking to try and talk into teams that are maybe just under the radar or maybe those teams that nobody's paying attention to are going to be the ones you want to be paying attention to by the end of the month or maybe showing up in regional rankings in a week. However the case may be, this is that time of year I enjoy trying to find and hunt down teams that we're not normally talking to. And on the women's basketball side in the West region, there's certainly one team that I've had my eye on, and that's the Bethel Royals. And joining us on the Hoopsville Skype for uh, to talk about his 16-4 and squad is Coach John Herbrex or better known as Coach Hervey. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir.
4: Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Appreciate you taking the time. Listen, uh, Terrific season so far, 16-4 overall, 10-3 in a rather uh, headline-dominated Mayak, and not necessarily for you guys, but for others. We'll talk about that in a bit. Your uh, four losses kind of grouped together. Lost one to St. Catherine back in the beginning of December. Lost one to non-Division three Ashford um, in the middle of December and then had a rough start to January with St. Benedict and Concordia Moorhead tripping you up. But you have been on a roll since then. Um, including a, the, the rematch, as it were, against St. Catherine. How's this team doing? How do you like what you're seeing? Or or are you, uh, like every other coach, you're still trying to get it to work out right?
4: Well, Dave, I feel great about where we are. Uh, obviously, there's still, I, I'm a coach, so there's obviously things I want us to do better. But I really like how we're defending. I like our energy level we've had throughout uh, January since uh, the two losses back-to-back to St. Ben's and Concordia. And I I just really like how our junior and senior leadership has come together and led this team. And from that point of those two losses, we've really played good basketball.
0: Um, And, and of course, you're flying under the radar because, you know, obviously the MIAC is dominated by uh, St. Thomas. But you're sitting right behind him. Yes, it's three games back, but that's significant if you can try and avoid St. Thomas as long as you possibly can. Um, you've also got a two-game lead on St. Mary's of Minnesota, two games on Gustavus Adolphus and Concordia Moorhead, three games on St. Benedict. If anything, you seem to be positioned well for this point in the season.
4: We feel great about where we are. Uh, obviously, Saturday, last Saturday, uh, the rematch with St. Mary's was big for us uh, to get a 24-point win over them at home and tie up the head-to-head tiebreaker in conference was really big uh, coming up this Saturday. Uh, a rematch with St. Ben's, who beat us the first time around, will will be big. But we feel great about where we are. We're positioned well to uh, get a good high seed in the Mayak playoffs and put ourselves in position to make a postseason run.
0: Yeah, you know, Last year, I was talking to St. Thomas, certainly. I was also talking to St. Mary's, and I was and That was kind of the makeup of the conference. You guys have entered that fray and certainly changed the uh, the equation, as it were, a little bit. Is it created a bit of buzz on campus because the men's team's playing pretty well as well?
4: Uh, yeah. Saturday we had a great crowd here for our St. Mary's game. Uh, it's a it was a men's women's doubleheader. Jim uh, was you know packed in the lower level. Uh, obviously the balcony wasn't packed, but it was it was a great crowd. Uh, People seem to be getting excited. Unfortunately, last night, broomball is big in Minnesota, and (laughs) the broomball playoffs were last night. So pretty sparse crowd last night. uh,
0: Yeah, unfortunately, sometimes you just have to lose out on those situations, (laughs) right? you got to understand your crowd.
4: Well, women's basketball loses out to broomball in Minnesota.
0: (laughs) Well, hey, listen, last year you guys lose in the semifinals to St. Mary's, who you were talking about uh, getting the win against uh, back on last Saturday. Um, and and looking ahead, you've got St. Thomas still on this schedule. Uh, the game will be at home, second to last in the, conf, in, the, in the regular season schedule. Listen, chances of catching them unless they absolutely implode are probably out the window. We'll be blunt about that. But it would be a good confidence booster if you can play well in that game. I know you're not looking past St. Benedict. I know you're not necessarily looking past McAllister. But how important is that St. Thomas game coming up?
4: Well, I, th- I think it's important from the standpoint of uh, the the region goes. Uh, we've put ourselves in a good position, I think, to potentially be ranked next week when the regional rankings come out for the first time. And I think that game will be a, a really good barometer game to see, you know, where do we rank against one of the clearly top two teams in the region?
0: Well, what's really interesting, too, is this is the only time you guys are facing them in your offset schedule in the MIAC, which is... Semi new. I don't want to say it's absolutely new, but th- so it's fascinating that this is your only chance to see the Tommies and them to see the Royals, especially to be the second to last game in the season. That's an interesting position for this game.
4: It, it it's just the the way things worked out. Um, we're we're only playing uh, a, basically a round plus a little more than a half. So there's yeah. four teams you only see once and that St. Thomas game was one of those games and just the way it was positioned is second to last game on the schedule when it when it came out Ruth's a good friend of mine the mm-hmm. head coach at St. Thomas you know we immediately got on the phone and we were like that game could be a really big game <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's the way it's shaping up even though I, I don't I, unless you're, you're right unless they completely implode we're not going to catch them but we we feel like that can be a good game to kind of see where we're at going into the Mayak playoffs. So,
0: Talking to Coach Herbie here of Bethel, the women's team certainly having a good season. We'll quickly touch on the region here before I want to talk about your team. Um, you talk about St. Thomas being one of the top two. Your region, of course, has the Northwest Conference in it. Uh, yep. George Fox is certainly playing well. You never know about Lewis and Clark, though certainly coaching change there, but Puget Sound and now uh, Whitworth's playing and having a good season you got the Skyak and Claremont Mudscripts is certainly having a terrific season this year that takes away nothing from anybody else in the in the region it's an interesting setup you've served as a RAC member before not trying to get you to read the tea leaves necessarily but from your vantage point how fascinating could next week's regional rankings be
4: well Dave I, I see it working out this way you've you've got the clear top two of Saint Thomas and George Fox, who neither one have a loss. Uh, when I look at George Fox's strength of schedule, you know, in the six hundreds, uh, they'll probably end up number one because of that SOS. Uh, and then you've got Saint Thomas, probably right behind them. You've got Whitworth, who's only got one loss to yeah. a Division Three in region, and then Puget Sound, uh, the third team from that league. Uh, you know, unfortunately for the Mayak. Uh, both Concordia and St. Ben's went out there and played and lost on their home floor. Mm-hmm. So I look at them probably at four. And then I think there's a large group of us from five through eight, including, you know, Claremont from the Sky Act, a uh, couple teams from Iowa, mm-hmm. ourselves, St. Mary's. Um, you you got to look at all of those teams. And then I think it's pretty messy from four through eight.
0: As a result, that probably. Probably understood al- already. The chances of being positioned for that large bid could be interesting because the teams you mentioned ahead of you, really only one of them may be left on the board after AQs are all said and done, barring a number of upsets. So you really want to kind of position yourself, even if it is five, six, seven, eight spot, as best as possible there.
4: And and that's what we've ever since the loss to Concordia. The, the reality, I mean, I just told my team, I, I came in and said, you know, the regular season is probably dead. We are, we are mm-hmm. playing now to position ourselves for the Mayak playoffs and to potentially get an at-large bid. We, we need to be the second team in the MIAC to give ourselves the best opportunity to, at an at-large if we don't win the Mayak playoff.
0: Interesting point of view. Certainly blunt. I like that from a coach versus the usual coach speak. Um, <laughs> speaking of your team. This is certainly a senior-led team. You have a number of seniors on it, but you also have a lot of juniors on this squad. Um, this is a team that uh, is outscoring its opponent by 12 points a game. You're only allowing 55 points. It's certainly uh, something to, to, to applaud, as it were. Um, you're led by a junior, though, and your senior, uh, Rachel Par- uh, Parupski. I'm sorry, I tried to add an extra letter in there. Rachel's nearly 14 points a game, uh, Callie Zimmerman, uh, 13 points a game. They certainly seem to be your catalyst. And of course, Zimmerman's a sophomore. So while you've got all this senior leadership, your two top threats are underclassmen.
4: They are. And, and that inside game really creates opportunities for us. It's created a lot of opportunities for our perimeters. Um, the, the, our perimeters just get a lot of space to do things. Uh, we, in the past, we've been more of a slow down team. This year we're trying to run a little bit more because last year second half of the year, teams just packed the paint on us uh-huh. and if we didn't make outside shots, offense was hard to come by even even as good as Callie and Rachel are. So this year we've kind of mm-hmm. opened up the floor a little bit more. We're we're moving the ball up and down and we've we've got a number of our guards who are stepping up. We've got a couple junior guards, Hannah Newald and Sid Schultz who are also I think right around double figures when you look at conference mm-hmm. numbers. And that's really been the difference for us is how well those two and a number of other kids off our bench have played to give us better balance than we've had.
0: You say conference numbers. I look at conference numbers. Sid, uh, 10 points a game. Hannah, at nearly. 10 points a game, as you point out. Um, back to the other two, though, in Rachel and Callie. Of course, Rachel stands 6-2, Callie's 5-9. They're both hauling in seven rebounds a game, so that's 14 boards right there that those two are taking up. I find it interesting that you're going up pace. Not that 6-2 can't run. I used to be able to run, but I'm a little bit different than that. Um, you know, you don't normally see teams that got inside presence take up the pace. They 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 do want to kind of run it through the middle. You're saying, eh, that doesn't work.
4: Well, everybody's so in tune to Rachel that it, if we try and feed her just in a traditional half court set, it becomes almost impossible to get her enough touches. So we've talked to her about she does move incredibly well for six two. She's one of the top five shot blockers in the country, so her mobility is really good. We've we've just asked her to run more. We've asked her to move in and out of the paint. She actually, David, had, she has three-point range, and we haven't unleashed that yet, but at some point in time here before the end of the season, we may start seeing her face up at the top of the key and shoot some threes. Hello, so,
0: Coach Ruth. <laughs> um. Well, I did notice that one of them is 0-for-0. 0 0. I think it was Rachel, and I saw Callie was 2-for-16 or something along those lines from beyond the arc. You're telling me that's more of a threat than the stats allow? Much more. Interesting. Oh, that could change things just a little bit, to be sure. Um, you talk about the season being dead. I want to circle back on that because I just had a thought about that. At the same time as the season maybe being dead, um, you, you you don't want to not give up that lead in the conference, Necessarily. So, how do you mix telling the team, "Listen, we got to go out there and win the AQ and position ourselves the best way possible," while also saying, "Okay, yeah, w- we also want to make sure we're positioned so this regular season hasn't." You know what I'm trying to get at? Yeah. How do you yeah. balance I, that with the team?
4: Well, I, I think you're you're misunderstanding what my message to the team was. Perfect. That they, they were playing with a, a a really high level of tension. You know, they felt gotcha. like. They were one of the co-favorites to win the league. You know, They really wanted St. Thomas at the end of the year. We felt like, we, we fe- frankly, we felt a little disrespected <clears throat> in the preseason poll. We felt like we had the second-best group of talent back, and they picked us fourth. And you know, we're not at all surprised to be sitting second in a really r- rigorous MIAC. But when we lost that third game and St. Thomas didn't have a loss yet, In order to relieve some of the pressure I felt like the kids were feeling to try and be regular season conference champs, I just said, quit thinking about that. Mm. St. Thomas probably isn't going to lose three games. We just need to go concentrate on the process of being the best team we can be and play to position ourselves for the conference playoff and to potentially get an at-large bid if we don't win that uh, conference playoff. And the best way to do that is... We've got to make sure that we finish second, and we've got to, you know, win the games we should win, and I don't know how closely you looked at our schedule, but mm-hmm. we were in the middle of 12 out of 14 on the road yeah. when we lost those two games, and, you know, that that's a tough stretch. The road is difficult for anybody, but when you're on the road that long, that <laughs> it yeah. wears on you. Well, and, especially...
0: And, Especially that trip to Southern California, though. I don't know really how much that wears on people. Uh, it's a beautiful Southern <laughs> California. Uh, not much rain in the forecast these days. Um, I say that tongue-in-cheek, certainly. Um, but, Coach, you should fire whoever put that schedule together.
4: Well, that, that would be me. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, <laughs> well, you, you know the trip to California was great. <clears throat> we, we really were excited to go out there. Uh, unfortunately, uh, and I don't mean any disrespect to Redlands or Chapman, but we thought those would be bigger games within the region than they sure. were. Um, Chapman, having had such a great year the year before yeah. and being in the tournament, you know, we thought, you know, we're going to play an NCAA-caliber opponent there, and and they're still a quality team. They're just not. They just haven't won quite as many games this year. I think yeah. some of that's a product of schedule, and they're a much younger team this year than they were a year ago. So, you know, we went out there to play a couple of the better teams in the Skyac. And, you know, those, those games were good games for us, but the trip took a lot out of us.
0: Sure. No, I can totally understand. Um, Coach, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, uh, you're obviously on a roll right now um, and winning of eight straight uh, so far, uh, leading into your game against St. Benedict's coming up on Saturday. Uh, obviously, for the next five, being at home will certainly be a benefit for you guys as well. As always, though, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be watching?
4: Dave, I just want to thank you for all you're doing for Division Three women's basketball. I, I, As a product of Division Three myself as a player, I think it's great this sort of thing exists. It, it was not around in my day as a player. So the, the ability to really talk basketball and talk about you know how well the Division Three athletes are playing. A great game is awesome. Thanks for what you do.
0: Well, thank you, Coach. I appreciate you coming on the show. Good luck the rest of the season. Certainly have my eye on the St. Thomas game, but I know right now you got the game on St. Benedict on your mind. Uh, take care. I'd say enjoy the weather, but I think you guys are having a tame winter compared to the rest. Um,
4: it's about six degrees today. <laughs> oh, okay, so
0: it's it's mild. It's definitely mild, at least compared to last year. Coach, thanks so much. Take care of yourself. We'll look forward to chatting with you down the road. Thank you. Appreciate it. No problem, John. Herb Brexmeyer, or better known as Coach Herbie, joining us here on this show. We're going to take another break when we come back. More Hoopsville. If you have questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You're listening to Hoopsville. Presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this.
3: Division three allows you to be able to give yourself to other things. Not even just participate in them, but really get involved with them if you want to.
4: There's a lot of interaction. Um, it's not just sitting back,
3: taking notes. You're actually doing hands-on things and better preparing yourself for your major. Choosing a Division three school, I've had the opportunity to develop my leadership skills and to be more involved on campus.
2: Division three in athletics you know, affords students the opportunity not only to participate in uh,
1: intercollegiate athletics at a competitive level, but also gives them the opportunity to, you know, engage
6: in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport and outside of the academics
4: on the campus. And to have opportunity to have time to join clubs and being able to play basketball it allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do, God, I wouldn't change it for the world.
1: We've got more schools than Division 1, more fans than Division 2, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division 3 basketball like we do. We're at d3hoops.com at wwwd 3 hoops
0: and welcome back to Hoopsville on this Thursday, Friday, or February fifth. Hope you're enjoying the show. Reminder: We're having a little fun today. Uh, if you can spot three major differences in the in the show, in in our backdrop, whatever it is, three major differences in uh, the setup uh, or, or in what you're looking at. Um, the first three to get me each individual one. We'll get a free T-shirt from us. So, uh, again, if you want to pick out one or you pick out two or you pick out all three, that's fine. Each one gets it. But once one item has been picked, we got to go to something else. So uh, maybe it behoove you to find all three. First three people, Twitter, email, uh, the ways to do it, at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. You can even join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Um, Talking a little bit under the radar today, as, as we've talked a, a lot. Certainly, a couple of the teams that have been under the radar are top 25 ranked. But that doesn't mean they're necessarily on anybody's radar, um, but that certainly doesn't mean we only talk to top 25 teams. Uh, as Bethel women, as we just got done talking to, would be a testament of that. Well, one of those other teams that is certainly under the radar, as it were, is in one of the other regions we talk about on on Thursdays. Uh, You may not think of them as an East Region team, but as of this year, they are an East Region team. And joining us from the uh, East Region, as it were, in the NEAC and Lancaster Bible is their head coach, Marshall Tag, and joins us via Skype. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville.
10: Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for uh, everything you do for Division Three uh, basketball hoops, and and uh, thanks for the the time uh, tonight. Appreciate it.
0: I appreciate it. Thank you for coming on. Listen, team is under the radar. Let's be honest, because the NAC NEAC tends to be under the radar. Yeah. Uh, team is 16 and two overall. You're 10 and one in conference action. You rattled off 15 straight games after losing the opener to Messiah, beating the likes of Elizabethtown and Eastern um you got into conference play certainly played well and then eh, those darn pesky bison the gallaudet came up and nipped you guys uh pretty good 64 46 back on saturday got back on the boat and back on the ship back on the running ways however you want to say it against penn state abington and you got penn state burks now ahead of you on saturday that's the nuts and the bolts of it how's the season from your perspective
10: um Obviously, being being 16 and two and, and 10 and one in the conference, you, you know, it's hard to complain um, too much anyway. But as coaches, you know, and as perfectionists, we we like to always see our teams play better, and that's uh, still where I'm at. I'd like to see our team play better, and really. Um, uh, you know, you, you mentioned we won quite a few games in a row. I, I still felt like we were pretty inconsistent uh, uh, from a nightly basis. And, and uh, you know, one night defense would be really good. offense wouldn't be very good. And then, uh, you know, kind of vice versa uh, the next night. So I think something that, that we still are looking at is, is the consistency overall from both ends of the floor
0: um certainly consistency is what every coach would love to see and, and and they'd also love to see a 15 game winning streak and it's it's nice yeah. to get that rattled off certainly mm-hmm. um and especially when you're playing messiah Elizabethtown, in eastern to start the season and, and messiah is the only one that kind of gives you the ding there and it was a tough <laughs> welcome to the season yeah rest of the, rest of the way has been conference action um for the most part in a conference that isn't we wouldn't say the top half of division three so how do you keep the guys focused and and appreciate what they're doing while at the same time understanding the landscape ahead of you
10: yeah i I think you know focus is a big word it's it's a big word that we've used uh, a lot especially of late and uh we understand that that yeah maybe our conference isn't uh uh, the top of the division three ranks but that being said it's our conference and it's and it's who we are and it's it's the teams that we play against and um, just like any co- any conference in the country, anybody can beat anybody on any mm-hmm. any given night, and and. We, we try and keep the mentality of, uh, you know, we got to work our butts off every single day and, and not get comfortable and uh, not get complacent and, and uh, you know, fight those tendencies that tend to come up. And I think that's something, you know, last week leading into the, the Gallaudet loss was, we, I think we got a little bit comfortable. I think we got a little bit complacent. And uh, that showed in, in those two games that week and, and finishing off with the loss to Gallaudet. And, and also didn't help, we didn't put the ball in the hole. But, um, I, you know, that's a daily grind that's that's part of the process in which we um, take on and and, and we really we we really try and focus daily on, on on working really
5: really hard
0: yeah you talk about that week talk about it. interesting you take on wilson um yeah. in conference action they are three and 14 overall two and 11 in conference you put up 101 points they put up 93 you then turn around against gow that again both games on the road um right. of course being a, a friday saturday schedule and you only put up 46. You didn't even score half right. of what you put up uh, right. against Wilson. That, that seems like it's a bit of a wake up call.
10: Yeah, definitely. I mean, we right, you know Friday night against against Wilson, we just weren't very good defensively. Did we didn't guard the ball very well. Um, uh, we did put the ball in the hoop there, and and, and thankfully, uh, uh, then in overtime we were we were able to uh, kind of impose our will there. But then, uh, uh, definitely two different styles of play with those two teams um, going on the road to to Gallaudet's always an interesting thing, and and um, they they beat us. They they knocked down shots and we didn't, and and we struggled, and it just kind of capped off our week of of kind of a reminder that says hey we we've got to prepare the same way every single day, and and we got to get after it every single day.
0: Um, yeah, just, I know Gallaudet well. It's not one of the easier places to play, right. mainly from the environmental point. Um, it's a quieter crowd, certainly, or at least they're loud in different ways right. than many people would be uh, be used to. Um, right. Of course, you played uh, at Wilson. I think the other trick of this whole thing is you play Wilson, play Wilson who's in Chambersburg, in right. and then you play Gallaudet down in D.C. It's about right. a two-hour travel between the two, so it's not certainly not sure. horrible. Right. but it adds some stress to it. How yeah, do definitely. you deal with the travel in the NAAC?
10: Yeah, definitely. It's it's not something that we we necessarily like about it. You know, we go to Chambersburg and, and play there, you know, and then drive a couple hours over to Gallaudet and, and stay overnight there. And uh, it's definitely not ideal. You know it, it's 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 hard enough to win win ball games much less put in some of those factors of, of playing back-to-backs playing you know a, a night and an afternoon game and, and doing the traveling as well so um that being said we're all in the same boat and 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 we're all, you know we all got to show up and compete and, and give everything we got
0: let's talk about this conference just a little bit um it's split into two you were on top of the one side Right. Two game lead on Gallaudet. You're ten and one there, nine and three, and then Penn State Abing- Abingdon is six and five. On the other side, it's Kyuka at seven and three and SUNY Cobbleskill at mm-hmm. seven and three with Casanova at six and five. Um tell everybody just a, an idea of this conference. Again, it's all in the East Region now, which right. certainly changes that landscape just a little bit of how you'd be regionally ranked, should you be regionally ranked. Right. But how much explain to everybody how this how this conference does end up determining its conference champion in AQ.
10: Right. Yeah. Well, uh, you know what? Basically, we kind of have an understanding that, uh, you know, we we need to win the conference to, to go to the tournament. And that's our goal. And, and that's what we set out for. Um, obviously, like you said, we're split into two divisions, um, the north and the south. And, and uh, I think there's very capable teams in, in, in both divisions. And, uh, you know, at, uh, you know in a couple of weeks when we, we go to the playoff, um, uh, you know we'll have uh, you know I, I would I would venture to guess you know those teams that you mentioned are going to be there and like I said earlier anybody can beat anybody and uh, it's it's we go into it with the expectation that that we need to win to move on and and get to the tournament.
0: Remind everybody it's a couple teams from the top of each division, correct? Right, right, correct, correct. And then you guys are seated up and and face off and correct. and everyone may forget this is the conference of Morrisville State, you right. know who in the last right. couple of years has certainly made a big impact in the NCAA tournament. Nothing against them, even if they were to to somehow get themselves into the conference tournament. They're six and 12 right now and probably not part of this equation, but that doesn't mean there isn't a good basketball team like maybe yourselves who could make a, make a stand in March.
10: Right. No, I would agree. And, and Morrisville is, you know, they, they won uh, the conference tournament last three years, last year, um, having a great team of, of, of a really solid group of seniors and, and they go to the tournament and, uh, and go to the elite eight. And, Mm -hmm. uh, um they they end up winning the conference tournament we won the regular season at 16 and two and and uh you know we felt like uh we felt like we were the better team excuse me and 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 we could have done some damage just like they did and uh but um we understand that uh, where our conference is at that uh, uh there may be uh not won't, you know nationally anyway not the respect there and 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 that's that's the way it is and that's okay we we go into it with the expectations that, that we need to win that tournament
0: Listen, a couple of years ago, you guys were four and twenty two. Yeah. And of course, you turn around to be twenty two and nine last season um, and you're currently sixteen and two. It's not that long ago when I made an argument um, that certainly angered the diplomats fans of Franklin Marshall (laughs) when they talked about I talked about them being overrated. And they said, well, you know, we have played away from our place. We've won on the road. Well, yeah, you went ten minutes down the road to Lancaster Bible and beat up a, a, a pretty subpar team. Well, now you're not that necessarily that subpar okay. team. Certainly, you guys have gone out there and, and won, and now you've challenged yourself a little bit in non-conference play as well. What was the What was the switch? What was the turnaround, as it were, um, for you guys all of a sudden to you know jump from being a four and twenty two, barely even talk about the Chargers, uh, the Chargers type, type team right. to. Uh, to uh... 16 and 16, 2 22 and 9 16, squad, squad that, that at least at garners, least garners some, attention. some
10: attention yeah yeah i think there's there's uh, several key things that, that went into that and and uh, of course uh, three years ago um i took over as the head coach of the program here, and, and uh, um, we, we struggled that first year. And, and really, in being hired in that process, there were some key things that needed to take place. And, and one of those things that needed to take place, the biggest thing was, was the culture of our team, and, and the culture of our team really needed to change. Um, we needed to change on the court, obviously, but we needed to change off the court as well um, in the classroom and, and in, our, in our school community. Um, we, need, we needed to be a team that uh, uh, was known for having good guys, likable guys that uh, got the job done in the, in the classroom. And um, we, we needed to be a team that we could all be proud of. And I think first and foremost, that was uh, top priority for me and, and getting good character guys here that, that really um, could embrace, you know, our community could, could embrace uh, those guys. And, and I think, that, you know, leading up to that then uh, we, we needed better players. And, and you can't win with games without good players. So um, there were some some guys that we were able to get here um, that uh, their on the court play was really, really good, but then uh, their off the court leadership was was priceless and and has been priceless. and, and um, so there was a culture shift in that way. And then I would say the other big thing was was just overall with our our uh, mindset of of work and work habits and and our strength conditioning as well Um, uh, really put into place a a strength conditioning program that that uh, forced these guys to work really hard and uh, we we started develop a culture that said no matter what we're we're gonna work hard day in and day out so you know I I think in the culture shift you, you you need good guys good character guys you need the leadership on and off the court um and then uh, you need to be able to work hard and i think those are the things that really
0: really have made the difference for us talking to marshall tag here lancaster bible men's basketball coach and coach you talk about you know, changing the culture just a little bit i'm i'm very impressed with the roster only because this is a school of what six seven hundred people uh yeah. student athletes and yeah. you yeah. got a number of from phoenix arizona gilbert arizona um, certainly in the immediate area of Pennsylvania, Maryland, and Delaware, but you also have one. Um, where was the other one I picked? A uh, Colorado from Castle yep. Rock, Colorado. Yep. Um, you pull in even from New York State. What's, what's the attraction to Lancaster Bible? I'm, I can make assumptions based on the name, but right. I can't also right. imagine somebody from Phoenix, Arizona, let alone four, who say, yeah, Lancaster, Pennsylvania seems like a cool place to hang out and play basketball.
10: Yeah, well, when I uh when I took over the job, that's where I came from. I came from Phoenix um and and had been there through through high school and college and through uh the beginning stages of my my coaching career. So I had good connections there. Um a couple of the the players uh, played for me there in Arizona and um I think it was for them it was an opportunity to um get to a new place start over have a great opportunity um, like you said obviously be surrounded by a, a community here and, and uh, a Christian community that is very very important to all of us and um, it, you know those I think those connections that, that we had really was a draw for, for those guys to come here and, and compete and I think you know you got to give them credit too. I mean I, I tried to share with them a vision um, saying, hey, we, we can do something special here if, if, if we can get it all together. And, and uh, a lot of the credit goes to those guys being here and, and taking them on, on those leadership uh, roles.
0: Yeah, thank you for helping me lead me down that road as you yeah. were from Arizona Christian University <laughs> prior, uh, previously known as Southwestern Christian. So thus that begs the question. Obviously the Christian angle is there, but let's okay. be honest, there's a lot of Christian institutions you can go to. So how do you, Go from, Go from Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona, to Lancaster, Lancaster Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania.
10: Yeah, I don't know. There's, I don't know if there's any logic or rhyme or reason <laughs> to do that. Um, really, it was a time in my career that it was it was uh, time to find something new and and different, and and uh, these doors just opened, and and. For whatever reason one thing led to another and um my my family felt like you know what this is this is the place that we need to be and um uh, uh, you know it couldn't have worked out any better and um we find ourselves here so there are still days that we wake up and we wonder what we're doing in pennsylvania the, the, without question that we have those days but there's uh, no
0: such thing as dry heat here
10: <laughs> yeah well uh, it, it's it's hot no matter yeah. how you look at it it's hot so, it's still you know.
0: hot it's just that sticky hot it's not the fun hot <laughs> That's right. I hands. spent of, I, yep. I spent a week out in Tucson this past yeah. summer. I can I'll handle dry heat over over this stuff all the time. I would agree. And of I course, would. you guys don't get nearly as much snow in Phoenix, Arizona.
10: What, we we missed the winters. We missed the seventy-five and sunny.
0: <laughs> exactly, coach. So what's the goal here? You've got believe it or not, seven games left, which is a lot of basketball to be right. played um in the next you know essentially three weeks uh between this the 7th and the 21st you'll slam those seven games in um and a lot of them on the road you'll be on the road against penn state burks home against bernantham on the road against suny it and suny cobbleskill uh on the road against penn college then you get that return engagement with gallaudet and wilson how how tough is it ahead for you guys personally and and what's the message to the team to keep them focused
10: Yeah, no, I I think the message, especially this last uh, three, four days have been very clear that uh we're not trying to sneak into anything we're not trying to coast or slide into anything but uh, each and every day is important you know we we look at the schedule and we have we have those seven games and, and that leaves us with about eight practices and uh, if we're not careful we we kind of take for granted that that time that we have together and uh, we want to make most of that time we have four seniors on the team that, that want to give everything they have and they want to they want to go out uh, giving everything they have so um, really it's, it's daily just coming together and saying, hey, we're here to work hard. You know, we can't look ahead. We can't look behind. But but we're focused on today. And, and, um, you know, that's that's you can say that's coach talk, but that's reality. You know, we we want our guys locked in with what's going on today. You know, we 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 don't want to look past uh, today for tomorrow's practice or this weekend's game, but but really focus on what we can control, and that's that's our effort today. And uh, um, hopefully, we can we can continue with that mindset, and we'll let the outcome of of games take care of themselves, and 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 we'll just work our tails off.
0: Well, I appreciate you coming on the show. Certainly great to see you guys doing well. The women's basketball team doing well yeah. Yeah, uh, as well. Of course, uh, hopefully when if you make the NCAA tournament, you're not rewarded for that 10-minute drive down the road to uh, <laughs> diplomats land. I'm hoping at least we get a little bit more creative with the uh, – Chargers, uh, knowing the committee, they will be. But still, it'd be kind of funny if you guys slept in your own homes and in not and in an away game for the NCAA tournament. That's
10: true. I tell you what, though, we'll be we'll be happy with anything we get, and we'll we'll compete no matter what. That's for sure.
0: Well, certainly looking forward to seeing if you guys make the NCAA tournament. Thanks so much for joining us. I really do appreciate it. Uh, as always, though, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be watching?
10: No, I just want to again thank you for your coverage. I mean, you know, Division three basketball is is uh you know it has its place in the basketball world and often gets overlooked and, and i really appreciate uh what you do what your show does and what d3 hoops does to to support us and um we, we can't thank you enough for for what you're doing
0: well thank you coach appreciate the kind words good luck and we'll talk to you soon thanks dave appreciate it marshall tag join us from lancaster bible again team 16 and 2 overall 10 and 1 in the neac they are on the road saturday against penn state Burks before uh, slamming the rest of the schedule together, as we point out, seven games before they wrap up the regular season on February 21st. When we come back, we'll go to our School of the Week, head up to uh, snowy New England. Who it is? You'll have to wait and find out. City of Salem School of the Week coming up. you will listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. More Hoopsville right after this.
2: College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center.
1: Along with it is a big plus. I've discovered in myself, you know, a, a newfound ability to overcome adversity at all different angles. At a Division III school, school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. The end result, in my mind, is you just become a very well-rounded person.
3: Before I came into college, I didn't really think I'd be able to balance so much. It helps a lot that you have a family to, with your team that can guide you.
4: With a D3 school, there's a lot of time for other opportunities. The coaches expect a lot of you during soccer, but after soccer, that's your own personal time to really find out who you
3: are and other opportunities that you can pursue. By balancing all of my interests basketball, my leadership skills, and academics, I'm able to better prioritize my life and to manage it.
0: Welcome back to the Hoopsville Show here on Thursday, February 5th. Hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, mix and match of recorded and non-recorded segments, so you certainly hope you've been enjoying the full length of the show. This is our last interview segment of the show coming up here. Don't forget, coming up next, after this, we'll have our Ask Dave segment. Something new we're trying. You certainly seem to get some traction with it with the Hoops Hill Marathon last week. Got a little traction with it this past week on Sunday's show as well. So if you have questions about your team, about your conference, uh, I will give you my opinion on it. I'm not telling you you have got the right answer, but I'll certainly give you my opinion on what you think. Heck, uh, we had a coach call in on the Hoopsville Marathon a week ago asking me what rule changes I thought I should, we should implement. And to be honest with you, only got to about half of what I thought we should implement. In the meantime, uh, as we have throughout the show, we've been talking to schools we don't normally talk to. Or this is that time of year where a school might be hiding under the radar. That may be a team we were talking about by the end of the month. Um, and, of course, it's always when we like to have our our, our School of the Week. Of course, City, School of the Week presented by City of Salem hosting the Division Three Men's Basketball Championship yet again in uh, Salem at the Salem Civic Center coming up here uh, at the uh, third weekend of March. If you'd like to go, even if your team is not in it, I encourage you to do so. You can get tickets uh, via the City of Salem. We'll have more information uh, on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. Our School of the Week this week is one of those schools that uh, certainly it may be Uh, catching a few people by surprise. If you listened to our show last week on the marathon, Mitch Oliver from the GNAC certainly talked about them. That's because uh, they've had some success recently, including a big win over Johnson and Wales to stay in the race at the top of the conference. And so joining us from Anna Maria is Coach Sean Conrad. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville, sir.
6: Pleasure to be here, Dave. Thank you very much for for, uh, getting in touch.
0: Absolutely. Joining us via Skype, which is a great little twist to our year Uh, We appreciate it. Of course, you're coming off of a tough loss. I'm terribly sorry about that. 77-73 on the road at Norwich uh, uh, on a bit of a haul yesterday. Yeah, the Hoopsville Jinx. Oh. The
6: week Jinx hit us. Oh. uh, You know, they used to be the old Sports Illustrated cover Mm. Jinx. uh, We got the Hoopsville Team of the Week. I was notified of that this morning. I'm like, that's great. We went to the what you got beat last night. See, uh,
0: people sometimes wonder why I hesitate booking my guests in advance um it's because i don't want the jinx to come up into conversation i do hmm. want to point out that johns hopkins and stevenson women are still playing pretty good basketball right now haven't been on the show but you're right occasionally i do get a, a school in there that that takes a hit i apologize coach for that's for the quite jinx. okay
6: it, it it um it was it had a heck of a lot more to do with um with what we did <laughs> you know, specifically with what, what norwich did so um well goes to them it, you know as it's it's um you know, life on the road. You yes. Know, doesn't matter what level, what division. You know, uh, and every time we go on the road, our guys would be able to tell you that. I just, you know, I, I throw the simple words. Road wins are precious, and yeah. um, you know, it, it's. I don't care what what level or what division you're in, what conference you're in. It's it's a very very. Anytime you can you can get on the bus on the road with a win, um, I think that's a feather in your cap. So. um you know, I mean, we he had to. It was you know we? I give all the credit in the world to Norwich. I mean, we uh, you know they shot the ball very well last night. Every time, we, you know, we we put we put we we looked like we were going to take the upper hand. They they had an answer. We went up four. They hit a three. We we went up three twice. Um, they had a conventional three point play and a you know um, it's you know a three point shot the second time. Um, So, you know, I I give all the credit in the world to to know they did a heck of a job last night.
0: Uh, Talking to Sean Conrad from Anna Maria, head coach uh, for the men's basketball team, City of Salem School of the Week um, winner this week. Well, Coach, literally just in the last three games, you've had a rather interesting um, dichotomy of the season. Whether I'm using that word or not, I'm using it for bonus points. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the road in Rhode Island, uh, if anyone's not familiar, by the way, you guys are located a little bit northwest of Worcester, Mass., Uh, So clearly you've been buried by snow. So you you hit the road and go down to Johnson and Wales where they've been cooking it up just a little bit this season in Rhode Island. Then you're at home against St. Joseph's of Maine who had to dig themselves out of just a little bit of snow. The Johnson and Wales game on the road, you win 77, 74. St. Joseph's comes to town. You just guys decided the shot clock was not necessary. 105 to 104 in a non-system game. I'm quite assuming. And then you're on the road up into Vermont, to play Norwich, 77-73, the loss. That's the craziest three-game stretch I've seen in a while. That's kind of who we
6: are. I mean, we're <laughs> not, um, you know, we're not going to run away from anybody uh, on any given night. Uh, and certainly, I hope that team's not going to run away from us. Um, you know, we are prepared for this. I mean, we constantly tell our guys we're going to be, you know, uh, in games in the last five minutes, and you know, every little thing we do. Uh, is going to be the difference in a win or a loss. I mean, Johnson Wales. Actually, we were down seventeen with seven minutes to go, and uh, you know, it was kind of uh, it, it was kind of special to, to do what we did down there because they had been playing so well and they're such a good team. Um, and you know, we just caught fire. Um, St. Joe's here. Uh, you know, we shot sixty four percent. We could not stop them. Uh, no matter, you know, they. And they run a lot of good stuff we we couldn't we couldn't get a stop it was just one of those i just had to we had to sit back and hope that we scored every time and, and we did we shot 64 percent. they shot 58 percent. it was a uh, a good old-fashioned uh you know high scoring game <laughs> uh, it was 95 95 at the end of regulation and ended up 105 104 really was a lot of fun those two games were incredibly fun to be a part of um Good atmospheres, and uh, you know, uh, you know, the 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 emotion that was involved in coming back from 17 down at Johnson and Wales, and then um, you know, to be able to withstand the incredible shooting, um, specifically of Steve Simon's at at St. Joe's, Mm -hmm. but you know, the the entire team. I mean, they shot 58%, and and last night, you know, I mean, quite honestly, again, we went up, we were up 13, um, got a little sloppy. And, uh, you know, when you're on the road and, uh, you know, you allow a team to hang with you, um, not that we're, uh, you know, by any stretch of team, that it, that's not easy to hang with. I mean, we're not great, but we need to dig for everything that we get. And, um, you know, they came back and it stayed nip and tuck. It's been a great it's, it's been great. Uh, it, it's fun to coach. It's fun to be part of competitive games like that.
0: Um, talking to Sean Conrad, men's basketball coach at Anna Maria and, and coach, I think the thing that uh, jumps out at me too is the fact you've had literally the tail of two seasons. Um, you start the season uh, losing seven of your eight games in a span of nine. Um, uh, you got to win over Southern Maine, then you took a three game loss. Amherst was included in that and you played Amherst pretty tight, obviously. Um, I think that might have been the first sign of people that Amherst maybe was not going to be as good as many people thought. Not a knock on you guys, just I think a lot of people thought that was going to be a bigger spread. You got the win over Clark, then Albertus Magnus beat you by 16. That started a four-game slide against Suffolk and Wheaton, Mass, uh, and University of New England all played at at Wesleyan. Then you got to see Norwich on the sixth, and that started um, a a huge running streak. Uh, What is it? Let's see, nine straight. Before you took the loss to Norwich on yep. the backside, so you you start the season rough, yep. uh, two wins in the first nine games of the season, and now you've gone you know nine out of ten wins on the second side of the season. That's the type of, of recipe I've seen coaches pull their hair out with.
6: Yeah, well, we um, it's really not something that hasn't been a natural occurrence here. I, over the last couple of years, last four or five years, I mean, I think our non-conference slate, we always try to play up um, because we realize that we're part of a conference that's probably not gonna be a two-bid conference. There's only one way you're gonna you're going to get to the NCAA tournament in our conference, and that's to, to win the conference tournament. Um, so I've always viewed that non-conference part of the schedule um, as a way to prepare ourselves for, for league play. Um, And, you know, we do, you know, like we play Amherst every year. You know, we grab a tournament or two. We have the local rivalries with Becker and Clark. So uh, we do everything we can to schedule up. And, um, you know, I think uh, (laughs) my non-conference record over my career as a coach is not that good Um, because, quite honestly, that part of the schedule is the part of the schedule where we're trying to you know, throw the greatest challenges at our guys and to try to find out who we are. We're always tweaking with rotations and systems and, and what have you. So, um, I, you know, I'm the most competitive guy in the world, believe me, uh, when I tell you that. But I will forego uh, victories in the non-conference part of the schedule if I believe in the, in the belief that it's going to make us a better team in the long run when it comes to conference play.
0: Talking to Sean uh, Conrad, Anna Maria, head coach here. Um, appreciate him taking the time. Our City of Salem School of the Week. You know, you, you've now taken this loss to Norwich, coach. You've got a game against Riviera coming up. Uh, you've got Johnson and Wales then in a rematch. Emmanuel, LaSalle, Suffolk, and you rematch to finish the season against Albertus Magnus. So six games to go, and you'll play uh, four of them, I believe, on the road. Three, two, and then one.
6: Yeah, actually four at home.
0: Thank you. I meant that. Yeah, that's what I meant. I apologize. Um, So uh, not that teams need a pep talk coming off of a loss necessarily, but I have seen teams playing really good basketball, including last night who who take a loss and then they come into the second game like last night where I was watching. And clearly the wheels have come off the bus, even if it's just one loss. Um, How do you get how do you make sure the wheels don't come off the bus and you guys can stay in the hunt here? Uh, well, of, you know,
6: first of all, I, if you want to send a, you know, I'll have you uh, deliver the message to the team because uh, I kind of <laughs> see where you're going with this. I mean, that will obviously be today's, um, you know, today's uh, mental uh, challenge. Uh, practice. Yeah, challenge. I mean, you know, we can't make one loss turn into two. And we yeah. know who we are. And, uh, you know, I, quite honestly, I gave him a lot of credit after the game. I didn't go you know, it wasn't like, <laughs> I mean – I, I I patted them on the back for, for winning nine in a row in, in the great run that we had to play at such a high level to win those nine because, you know, we aren't exceptional at anything. We just, you know, we really, you know, bonded together and, um, you know, as I, I said to them, like, you know, nights like tonight, I mean, there's no reason to hang our heads. I mean... You know, sometimes a a team steps up to the challenge, and and when you win nine in a row, you become a big win for other programs. So, uh, you know, everyone, the X on our back is a little bit bigger. And, you know, when you have a run like we had, and and we understand that. And, you know, we had been shooting it at a real high level. um, You know, I think like over 50% for a couple of weeks now. I mean, you know, uh, which is unheard. You know, for us, it's been a real good uh, we've had some great offensive percentage nights, and, you know, we, we've been talking about when that doesn't happen, which it didn't last night. I mean, I think last night we were, do you know what we were last night? 38? Uh, actually, we were in the 40s, but um, it wasn't in the 50s. Um, we allowed them to shoot in the 50s. You know, what happens when we don't have that that offensive uh, output that we've been, you know, that we've been thrilled with for a couple of weeks uh, during this nine-game stretch? you know we got to rely on our defense and um, we didn't that didn't happen you know we we allowed them to to make big basket time after time after time when it you know all we needed was a couple of stops to get separation so anyways the message, the it's a long way of going about the message today is obviously going to be we can't let one loss turn into two losses we need to understand that you know and be very proud of what we've accomplished but also understand who we are and um you know, we let our guard down a little bit on the defensive end of the floor, and we don't have that great shooting night that we had been having for a couple of weeks. You know, there's not a team in the conference that can't beat us, and um, you know, we they'll you know they'll get that. Man, I think they do. We have pretty we have a pretty a mature group of guys. I think they understand it. I mean, they were down, but they certainly know that we have our limitations, and you know, if we. Um, you know, if we let down in any one area, and last night, again, we didn't shoot it as well as we have been, still not terrible. Um, but to allow them to, to shoot 56 57% is just um, asking a lot out of our, our cool. offense. So, again, the message today um, will be, you know, uh, it's gone. It, we can't have it back. It's over. <laughs> you know, we need to focus on Saturday. We can't let one loss, you know, become more than that, just a, a one loss. And that's going to happen.
0: You have three seniors on this team, um, but not necessarily led by them. You have a lot of underclassmen. Of course, a lot of underclassmen who really at this point in time are a class above themselves anyway because, you know, they've got this experience. So those juniors are literally seniors by this point in time. Those freshmen who have played a lot of minutes are now pretty much sophomores in experience. Um, I'm going to hopefully not screw these names up, so I apologize to all their families if I do, and I'm looking at the very first one. Uh, Pratt, uh, Pat Bradadice. Yep, Bradadice. Uh, Brandon Easy, thank you. Yep. Fourteen and a half points a game, um, whereas you then also have Cortez Franklin, thirteen and a half points a game. Uh, he's a senior. Uh, Pat was a junior. Tyler uh, Del- Delory, yep, um, junior at twelve and a half points a game, and then senior Hugh Day uh, at nine points a game is the senior leading rebounder. Is Franklin seven rebounds a game? So you're getting uh, a lot of upperclassmen contributions, at least in the stat sheets um you do have a freshman who's fifth on the team in scoring you got another freshman who's seventh on the team in scoring so you, they're certainly getting their experience but it's upperclassmen driven
6: sure uh you know we have a senior point guard who has doesn't show up on the stat sheet he's probably sure. way down on the stat sheet but he is the guy that makes <laughs> us go mike gorman um, yeah. you know he usually defends the other team's you know best perimeter threat and he just you know, never gets flustered. He gets us into offense. He's a true point guard. I mean, he's not, you know, a guy that, um, you know, if he hits double digits um, anytime soon, it might be the first time he's hit double digits. Um, Hmm. Actually, I do remember a couple of games his sophomore year where he did. And he was a thousand point scorer in high school. So, you know, he's really just uh, taken a lot of pride in in his leadership role of getting us into offense. And Quantes Franklin down low, you know about six four kid um, you know inside for us that I believe he's second in the country right now in um, field goal percentage uh, you know he's you know every night you look at the stat sheet he's six for eight seven for nine eight for ten um, he really uh, you know for two years now has been a, a really important cog for us inside um, And, you know, shoots it again at a very high, he was over 60% last year as well. Um, Yeah, and then the two guys on the wings, Tyler and Pat, have really uh, become men. You know, they have taken their first two years and kind of watched those before them, especially their freshman year. Uh, We had a real good run, and they, you know, were um, starry-eyed freshmen to kind of watch it all happen. But as sophomore, they got a chance to play a little bit. And now they have really, uh, you know, come out and stepped into their own. Um, so we're very, very happy with them, um, as well as Kyle McKissick, who's also a junior. So we have a, a good little group there, that that group of upperclassmen. And then, you know, again, coming off the bench, we have, you know, Corey Pryor, who's done a real nice job for us. Um, and our freshman, Youssef Fidel, who is, uh, you know, just a crafty little scorer. He knows how to score. So we have a mix. We, we do have some kids that... I think are uh, really going to keep this thing on solid foundation in the future, but right now, you know, uh, you know, we I guess you would probably call us more of a veteran group sure. with the juniors and seniors that we have out there. And for G and for Q, it's their last chance. Um, you know, we really are going to do everything in our power to make this, uh, you know, a memorable senior year for them. And um, you know, our motto has been kind of going back to the, your last question about how do we handle today. It's one game at a time, and you know, um, you know, we knew that the, you know going to St. Joe's and going to Johnson Wales were going to be daunting tasks, but we never look past those. It's you know, let's worry about Johnson and Wales today. You know, now let's worry about Norwich yesterday. Today, you know, let's worry about Riviera on set. That, I don't even really look ahead, look beyond that. So you know, one game at a time. We'll take it. Well, I know it's cliche ish, but.
1: Coach, speak. I'm
6: reading out of the book. (laughs) Uh,
1: You
6: know, it is what it is. I mean, and and we hope to make this a special, um, you know, final month for, you know, Mike Gorman and and Quantes Franklin.
0: Well, uh, it certainly has been special so far, and we certainly appreciate you coming on the show, Coach. Uh, City of Salem School of the Week, though, does have a little bit of a twist. We had to have a little trivia fun. Uh, I know when we started this interview off air, I kind of told you I didn't think I was prepared. Guess what? Uh, I was able to get some research done on my own, along oh, with your SID. Happened. Your SID was able to help I, me as well. I,
6: I, I think I see her texting away. Uh, we got a couple
0: of things we pulled out. Uh, some of them she did not send me. I will take credit that I found okay. a couple of things on my own. Okay. Um, so helped me five... multitask well. I didn't uh, notice I, that watching I, you. Yes. You know, I've got no <laughs> choice, Coach. This entire stu- s- show is run by me. Uh, I do not have any right-hand man, as it were, though that would be lovely to solve. I wish it was the Dan Patrick show where I had uh, a few people who could help smart. me with this stuff. Yeah, right. um, but if you don't mind, we'll have some fun with this. The record is five this year, 5, four, five. Uh 5 It was by another New England school. Uh, I, I hate to tell you, I, I have a feeling that if I ask these correctly, you'll be 5 for 5 too, because the research wasn't good enough to try and thwart what may be a very smart Sean Conrad. But if you don't mind, we'll have some fun with this. Let's go. All right. So the first question is uh, the school was founded in 1946 by the Sisters of St. Anne. Correct. But who is the school inspired by?
6: Inspired by?
0: Hmm. Um
6: it, uh, it, I, when you say inspired by, you're looking for a person? Sister Andrew yes. Blondin?
5: Um
0: you are correct, sir. Okay. Well done. I thought I might trip you up on the very first one. Um, Esther Blondin, as you put it, uh, from Quebec, uh, called Mother Marie Anne. She inspired Mother Marie Anne, the Sisters of Saint Anne, who founded Anna Maria College in 19- Plus one. Very that's good, sir. The,
6: that one needs to go to the administration here. So that's, that's good. It's well, not all about athletics. I know a good background here.
0: We clip. We'll clip that one and send it on to the president for you. Uh, the next one I got for you, though, is the school is, as we mentioned, in Paxton, Massachusetts. But that's not where it was actually originally founded. Where was it originally founded?
6: Um, I th- Did you already give that information? I think, well, you said 1946. It was in Marlborough.
0: Yes, that's what I was I looking for Marlborough. I
6: don't know if you, uh, if you slipped that out when you said 1946. Nope. Okay. Nope, no,
0: I was, I was careful not to mention it. No, no, nope, nope, I was careful. Just trying um, to assist. Marlborough, Mass., about a half hour away. Uh, Give or take. With the snow, it's probably six hours now. Um, All right, so now we'll have a little bit more fun. Uh, One of these, you're going to get easy because I just like the trivia nature of it, not necessarily the fact you're not going to get it. For anybody who's not familiar, Anna Maria is actually their mascots, the AMCats. However, that's not a real thing. Despite your best efforts with the logo behind you, what is actually an AMCAT?
6: That is an acronym for... Uh, the term Anna Maria College Athletic
0: Teams. Sports. Team sports. Team sports. Oh, Uh, you're
6: going to, okay. I I stopped. I said, and cats. Okay. Sorry. You got me then.
0: No, I'll give it to you. But that one I just like because it's just a cool trivia thing. It's not a real animal. It's not a real mascot. You guys just had some fun with the the play on words, uh, as it were. Um, So you're three for three, shockingly. uh, Not surprised by that. Uh, we got two more to go, if you don't mind. Um, who is the all-time leading scorer at Albertus Magnus? I'm sorry, not Albertus Magnus. Oh. Anna Maria. It's AMC. I also call Albertus Magnus AMC. So. I think
6: I, I. I don't know if I was going to get the first question right too. Um, it, it, is Darius Watson, I, I don't know that for a fact, but I, I, is he the leading scorer at Albertus? I'm not sure.
0: No, no, I'm looking for, I, I misspoke I know, about Anna Albertus. Mar- I'm Anna Marie. Mar- See, Mar- I did it
6: to you. I did it to it's you. It's John Petritus. Yes, it's John Petritus.
0: John Petritus, Petritus scored um, over 2,000 points there.
6: 2,434. 2,434, yeah.
0: 2434. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's pretty darn impressive. Yeah. Um, and then the, the last one, Coach, you guys <clears throat> just had a nine-game winning he takes, streak. For
6: John takes pride on the two assists that he had to go along with that, though.
0: <laughs> a whole two assists. I've had more assists than just my, <laughs> my thinking. Um, all right, so you guys just had the longest uh, – you had a long winning streak of nine games. That is yep. not the record. What is the record for the most won in a row? Uh, two years ago, we
6: won 17 um, in a row – it kind of in the same kind of thing. We were three and seven, and then we you know we were went on an incredible run and lost to Albertus here in in the conference championship. Uh, but we did have an incredible uh, six week, seven week run of seventeen in a row. and um, that was that was a lot
0: of fun. Well, hey, you certainly did well. that's that is for sure. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, coach. Thanks so much. Uh, bang up job, as it were um as uh, so we got you for five for five how about that thank
6: you well i you kind of loaded the questions uh, yeah last couple were in the yeah. basketball arena yeah. of, of this school and uh, i usually
0: try and at least have a couple loaded ones so nobody goes over
6: mm-hmm. thank you
0: yeah but you did five for five so not too bad coach i appreciate you coming on the show thanks so much for being the city of salem school of the week honoree uh as always though we give the coach the final word any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be watching
6: uh, again, I just want to thank you for this opportunity. It, you know, as you mentioned at the beginning, this is a a, a time or, or week that you're trying to get to schools that aren't, you know, aren't generally in the limelight. Um, you know, we're a small little school of 800 up here in and buried underneath the snow. Um, and you know, uh, unless you're in the immediate Anna Maria family, you probably don't know much about us. And the opportunity to get on here and spend a couple minutes with you is 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 uh, is really great, and I thank you so much for that opportunity.
0: Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on. I wish I could have blurred out all your Patriots stuff in the background as a Ravens fan, not too thrilled. Um,
6: well, if I showed you this office, um, or if I gave you a little Skype around this office, um, I'm, a, I'm a homer. There's Patriots, Bruins, Red Sox, Celtics.
0: So you play basketball with deflated basketballs, is what you're trying to tell me, right?
6: um we I, i'm gonna um i'm gonna defer <laughs> the, fifth. To the nfl uh <laughs> investigation is, com- is com- complete and conclusive
0: hey why ruin a good story by sticking on the truth though i mean this is outstanding Yeah. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, I grew up as a Bears fan and still a Bears fan, so I still got a forty six to ten victory.
6: Okay, that and that was not pretty. How you read I do read Jim McMahon. Yeah, if in the fridge. In in the the fridge. fridge, In Walter Payton and
0: Mike Singletary. Yeah. If if anything, nobody was gonna win that game if it makes you feel any better. Mm -hmm. Coach, thanks so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Have a, a good rest of the season. Good luck, and we'll love keeping an eye on the MCATS.
6: Thanks so much, Dave. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Sean Conrad from Anna Maria College. When we come back, it's an Ask Dave segment. you got questions for me. I'll give you my thoughts. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. If you have questions, tweet us at D3Hoopsville. Use the hashtag Hoopsville. Use Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville or email us at Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. More Hoopsville right after this. I
7: used to never really talk. Ever, I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless.
0: Welcome back to Hoopsville.
2: Hill. <laughs> Sorry about that folks.
0: video ran out faster on me than I expected. Uh, if you got any questions for us tweet us at d3 hoopsville hashtag Hoopsville, email us Hoopsville at d3 hoops.com or Facebook us at facebook.com/ Hoopsville. It's ask Dave things if you have questions that you want answered, ask us those questions. We'd love to hear them and we'll do our best to answer those questions. You know how to get a hold of us, and we'll certainly look forward to hearing from you. So far, two people have guessed two of the three items that have changed in this show. John and Nathaniel have both noticed two of the three changes. There is one other one that no one has picked up on yet. And I'm impressed that they picked up on the first two. I'm having some fun with this. I uh, hope uh, you'll figure out the rest. If you got questions for us, again, tweet us at d 3 Hoops or hashtag hoopsville, Email us hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or Facebook us at Facebook.com slash Um I am here just watching and uh, typing up the uh, ask section here. In case you have questions for us, we certainly want to hear from you, so fire away. Again, if you've got questions, let's see. Um, You aren't wearing headphones. That doesn't count, Nathaniel. I, I, I give and take those headphones throughout the show, depending on where our guests are coming from. If they're on Skype, i got my headphones on one section. If they're on a phone, i got them on another. I've discovered that I don't necessarily need them when I don't have any guests. So headphones don't count. Sorry. Uh, there's one other one I'm surprised no one picked up on. Um, again, if you got questions for us, let us know. Certainly love to hear from you. sorry about dropping off the face of the earth there for a few minutes or for however long it was. Um, had a mistimed on the interview. I thought I had a couple more minutes and in reality. I did not. So I apologize again. If you have questions for us, uh, regional rankings come out on Wednesday. That's a big deal. Obviously. In the Division Three world. Uh, our first regional rankings come out on the f- on the 11th. And then we uh, will get two more after that before the final one. There's technically four regional rankings, remember. And care if you're new. There's four regional rankings. Three of them are public. The fourth one is not. The fourth one is done prior to selections made to the NCA tournament. There was a few years ago when that was released to the public. That got put the kibosh on. And not through basketball. I want to point that out. It was not through basketball that that uh, got shut down. Um, other committees in other sports were not happy about releasing that information. My theory on that, in case anybody cares, is that it's it's not the media that they're worried about. It's not the likes of myself or Pat Coleman, Gordon Mann, whoever else uh, on the football side, Keith McMillan and the like, who uh, raise questions about what is going on. Um It's actually coaches, and I think in other sports, um, they have coaching associations that maybe are not as tied in to the NCAA slash the NCAA committees, even though they are partly and mostly and at least 50% the coaches. They are tied in in some capacity in basketball. Uh, We know the NABC has a very strong relationship um, and that the committee reaches out to the Men's Basketball committee or Basketball Association, the National Association of Basketball Coaches, the NABC. Not sure about the relationship with the WBCA as much, but clearly there's a conversation that takes place. I think in some other sports, that doesn't necessarily take place. Um, and as a result, what happens is you get coaches who are very upset with how things transpired and go after the committees without that respect that I think uh, is is there. And so as a result of that, um, you get committees who don't want to release information. They don't want to be second-guessed. I'm not going to fault those committees except for the fact that, A, those coaching associations and those other sports maybe need to step in and be a mediator and be able to be a voice and while at the same time those committees work with those associations as well to not only dispense information but make the process better that's how this process has improved over the years especially on the men's basketball side we have seen that is that working with the nabc has evolved the system coaches have a better understanding of how it all works and at the same time have an input on how it all works. That does not mean I had a phone call with a with a coach today that lasted a, over a half hour talking about the system and whether playing a game and or against an opponent would has a benefit or a disadvantage, how does it all work, how do all the numbers come together? He wasn't it's not that he doesn't understand what's there, he's trying to get another point of view on it just as i'm trying to get other points of view on it so that when i make my guesstimation or my educated guess i'm basing it on valid information and and what i've learned um that 30 to 45 minute conversation is beneficial to me because i also get to understand how coaches are looking at it while they're asking me how i'm looking at it um And it's always evolving, as we talked with Lenny Reich. You get new coaches in there who have a different perspective on things. And so you need a committee chair who's going to kind of oversee it and keep things in in play, as it were. So next Wednesday, we're going to get an idea of how this committee on the men and women's side may be or may not be different than what happened last year, for good or better. It does not matter. But, for example, on the women's side, Dave Martin's back for a second year. For the most part, the committee is the same. I think they had very little turnover compared to most years. How will that translate? Now that Dave Martin's also been under the committee for a full year and is into a second, how much does that his influence now have an effect? I think last year his influence, being a former men's basketball committee chair, maybe wasn't fully in effect. No surprise. He got the job a little bit late. On the men's side, we now have a new committee chair in Jeff Burns, who has been on the committee for a number of years. Steve Ulrich, who was on the committee chair last year, is still on the committee. But Jeff's got a different approach to things than Steve does. Um, They both still work together. They both have the same goals. We'll find out, maybe, if there's a little bit more understanding. I think we had a little bit of misunderstanding in the committees the racks last year on the men's side still think they did a good job i don't think they quite understood um what the what the national committee was trying to get accomplished we'll see if we see that next week on the on wednesday uh quick heads up usually they say they'd like to uh, release them by about 2 p.m doesn't necessarily happen uh, especially the first one sometimes it takes till four or five o'clock We'll keep an eye on it. Certainly it is a Wednesday. makes it a challenge for everybody involved. That happens to be the one day that I am not exactly free and clear to to focus on those things, but we'll certainly do so. And, of course, Pat Coleman, Gordon Mann, the rest of us, will keep an eye on things. Again, if you have questions for us, ask us the questions. We have a few more minutes here in this overtime show to get that accomplished. If you have questions about your team, how you think they're doing, or where they're positioned, where I I think they might fit regionally ranked-wise, conference questions, rankings in general, top 25 questions, you name it, ask us. Remember, I also blog my top 25 ballot each week. I released it this week. Certainly garners conversation, but let's remember something, folks. I am one of 25 voters. In other words, the power of my ballot is 125th of the entire thing. Nobody has more than 125th. Uh, power as it were also we're playing a little game pick the three things that changed significantly uh, in, in the foreground or in the background so far people have figured out two the third one maybe not totally obvious it's certainly obvious i think but the third one has not been picked but nathaniel and i believe it's john have picked the two so far and we congratulate them For that, Don't forget Sunday, we should be on the air at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. We normally talk Northeast, Atlantic, South, and Central regions. Plenty to talk about. We'll be booking guests soon for that show. We'll be on the air 7 to 9, or in this case, much later. uh, Most nights all the way through the end of the basketball season. Any questions out there? I thought I'd open it up. We can even open up the phone line, but I don't see anybody necessarily... Calling us, we can certainly do that. We can maybe throw that curveball there. I'm not going to be on the air much longer. I want to answer as many questions as possible, certainly. Um, so we will look forward to hearing from you. In the meantime, I'm going to double-check the scores from around Division Three, see if we've got any uh, surprises, as it were. Um, quickly checking Facebook to make sure I don't see any uh, questions there, and I, I do not. Um, on the men's side of things... Just significant that Regis and Mitchell are in overtime right now. Mitchell down two points. Seven seconds left in overtime with a chance Obviously, would probably be to tie or win. Um, we mentioned Endicott beating Eastern Nazarene earlier. I have a feeling we'll have a Triple C guest on the show Sunday, to be determined. Um, otherwise, Sage got another big win over SUNY Maritime. Uh, Sage having a terrific season coming out of that Skyline Conference this year. We may chat with them. SUNY Purchase, who certainly is struggling this year, but I think starting to build towards the end, could always come into play. Got a win over St. Lawrence. Um, Western Connecticut took yet another loss in men's basketball. This was a team that was getting some top 25 recognition just a few weeks ago. They have now lost three straight, including tonight, four of the last five, and five of the last eight. Jeez, even worse than that. Uh, They started the season... 7-0, 7-0, and lost to Albertus Magnus, then lost, and that started off a, a whole mess of losses. Since they won those seven in a row, they are 5-8 and eight since. Um, Western Connecticut, the wheels coming off the bus, as it were, for the Colonials. Um, Layman and Baruch played. There's a game I would love to have kept an eye on. I forgot to. or checking live stats here real quick. And just a few seconds left. We'll keep an eye on that one. As I don't know if there's any video, but uh, Baruch has a two-point lead on Lehman. That's a big race for the top of that conference. Remember, we had Baruch on this show just a few days ago. Um, looking at the conference standings, and you've got Baruch in the lead at 11 and 0, Layman's two two and a half games back at 9 and 3. Let's see if we can find some video to see the finish of that one. Um assuming it's it's over. I mean, it is not well over 2 hours afterward. I'm assuming that game is uh pretty much done, but you never know. We're going down to that game now. I don't see any video for it, so we'll keep an eye on that. That game was delayed, apparently. So we'll keep an eye on that live stat one for you. No, it's over. Baruch beats Lehman 72-70. So Baruch basically locking up first place in the CUNYAC with that win. A um, couple other things here. Couple, a couple other games we'll keep an eye on. Mary Harden-Baylor and East Texas Baptist. That is key. Trying to lock up second place in that conference, the ASC. Certainly want to keep an eye on that game. That one just underway short time ago. Uh, as we continue to take a look at things here. If you've got any questions for us? Again, tweet us at D3 Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com or Facebook us at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Again, only a few more minutes, and then we'll get going here wrap up this show. Again, back on the air Sunday, 7 o'clock Eastern time. Um, trying to see if there's anything else. Let's check uh, women's basketball really quick. Um, nothing of notes so far that I see. No major surprise scores that I'm picking up on. I could be wrong. It always happens. Um, I know we had some ASC games going on that were certainly important. Uh, but I don't see anything that tells any stories to me. I think it's pretty status quo. Lancaster Bible and women's basketball getting yet another win. Beat Valley Forge. So I don't think we got anything there. Looking at the Mary harden Baylor East Texas Baptist game, East Texas Baptist is now up 50 to 35, less than 30, sorry, 48 to 37. I gave the wrong points to the wrong team there. 48 to 37, with uh, 12 less than 13 minutes left to go in that one. We'll keep an eye on that one uh, throughout the rest of the night. I'm gonna guess that's it for questions, folks. Um so we'll probably sign it off. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I want to thank all of our guests. Of course, from Catholic Steve House, Lenny Reich from the Great Lakes region and SID at Mount Union. And of course, Coach Marone, Kelly Marone, and John Carroll for coming on the show. Also, thanks to um, Bethel's Coach Herbie. Appreciate him taking the time. We may hear from him by the end of the season when we're not necessarily talking about his team. I think we'll bring him on. Talk about regional rankings and such. He certainly has a very good pulse on how things work. Also want to thank uh, Coach Conrad from um, the Amcats of Anna Maria for coming on the show as well. And, of course, from Lancaster Bible Coach Tag on the show. want to thank all their SIDs for their assistance as well, as we always do. If you have any questions for us, even when we're not on the air, you can tweet us at d 3 hoopsil or hashtag Hoopsil. Email us Hoopsil at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Don't forget Sunday, we'll be back on the air at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Cover it all. You can catch it all here, hear from the guests, hear from coaches and players and the like from around. Congratulations to the two people who guessed two of the items. We'll talk about sending you guys shirts because you at least found two of the big items. And I will... We'll wait to give up the third one just in case some people watch this on the archive and can figure it out themselves. So... While well, two of you got it, and I'll probably give you guys shirts. I'm going to wait out and see if a third person can figure it out. Three things that significantly changed between segments since we recorded some segments today. want well, to thank all of you for tuning in. Thanks so much. We'll be back here Sunday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time. And uh, plenty more ahead. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. Got a lot of basketball still left to go, but regional rankings coming up in less than the week. It is an important time of year in Division Three basketball. Good night, everybody, and thanks so much for tuning in. We certainly appreciate your patronage, and we'll see you on Sunday night right here on Hoops Hole, presented by D3Hoops.com and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. Good night, everybody.